get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the BK and Ferrario podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Pitching, pitching, pitching. I mean, it's Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta, the law firm. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna do it by shutting you down and scoring enough, and it's gonna be the pitching getting it done. And I think it's gonna be the bull the rebound the bullpen with Williams in the bullpen. They got some arms out there. It's gonna be all about that pitching, limiting the opposition. They're my sneaky pick to win the World Series. That was Steve Phillips on MLB Network Radio. I think some people should be calling him the BKO. Because Steve Phillips said that on Sunday, and then it was announced that Brandon Woodruff was likely to miss the wild card round. So that's on him for picking the Brewers as his sleeper contender in the Major League Baseball playoffs alongside Alex and T-Bone. I'm BK. You've got BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. If you're joining us on YouTube, welcome to the show. Yeah. I will be serving my punishments today. If you want to go check it out on YouTube, at 101 ESPN STL is where you go to find it. Our YouTube cams, as always, are presented by Air Alliance Team. They got to be shout out to them for making this possible. I will be serving my punishments today where I will be simulating child labor. (laughs) Well, childbirth going through labor, I should clarify. (laughs) Respect to the women that go through it. Um, The way this is going to work today, the end of every segment, we will turn this bad boy on. It will send shockwaves through my core for 10 seconds. I'm so nervous for you, man. We'll be upping the juice every single segment. Yeah, we will. We got 12 segments. We'll do this 12 different times. By the end of the show today, I'm probably going to have a greater appreciation for my wife. Yeah. And I will be very happy to be off the air. The safety word is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And if you mispronounce it, then it keeps going. Mine is actually pineapple. So, is that the safe word you guys use? Mm-hmm. So if we could stick with that, it's just easy for me to remember. Ours is hot dog. Is it? Yeah. T-Bone? T- <laughs> what safety word do you use by yourself? Uh, crawfish. <laughs> oh, weird. It's a weird, it's a weird thing to yell, man. <laughs> I like that that was the first thing that came to mind for T-Bone. Crawfish. He's like, ah, crawfish. That's Good. what I'm going with. Good. You have a crawfish for dinner, I'm assuming. All right, let's talk a little baseball, shall we? I'm really excited about this year's postseason. I don't know what it is about this year specifically that got me juiced up, but I think it's the fact that I don't really know if there's a legitimate overwhelming favorite. I don't view the Dodgers as that. I think the Braves should be seen as that, but their pitching has broken in the last couple of weeks in a way that at least opens up the possibility that somebody could beat them. And I also find it interesting that if Philly advances past the Marlins, which I think all of us are expecting, That matchup is something that could absolutely go in the wrong direction in a five-game series for Atlanta. So in the National League, I don't see an overwhelming favorite. In the American League, there are so many great teams top to bottom that I think there's like five of them that could legitimately get out of the AL and it shouldn't shock anybody. Alex, for you, what's the thing that you're most looking forward to in terms of a storyline, a matchup, whatever it is in this year's Major League Baseball playoffs? I mean, there's a couple. Like, I'm very curious to see if somebody can knock off the Braves because I I might... 
Maybe I'm in the majority just in this room. I'm in the minority. I, I don't see anybody in the National League that can actually beat the Braves. Um, and when it comes to that team, can somebody knock them off like the Philadelphia Phillies did last year? Like, is there another dark horse opponent this year that could do it? But the other and the major storyline for me is what's the American League going to look like? And I think that's where my excitement comes into play because I do feel like that's wide open. I, I mean, there might be clear cut favorites for certain people, the way that Baltimore played down the stretch. Obviously, Houston has been there, done that. Tampa has a really good offense that always seems to be in there. But to me, that field is wide open. So that that's the one I'm most interested in and frankly can't wait to find out what the American League looks like. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated in the wild card round to see this Toronto-Minnesota series because it is a series that I feel like is kind of being slept on because Minnesota, you look at the front of that rotation and you've got Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, one should have been Cardinal, one yep. hopefully future Cardinal, and then they've got Joe Ryan, but the hope would be they don't have to get there. They're getting Carlos Correa back. They're starting to get a little bit healthy. Their offense, like, it's okay. It's, it's been It's been good in the final month, but it doesn't feel like it's like I look at that lineup and go, whoa, that is loaded. And then you've got Toronto. They feel like last year's Philadelphia team, where they're a six seed that gets in, and if everything goes right with the front end of their rotation with Berrios, you've got Kikuchi that's there, uh, Gossman, who's the other one I'm forgetting, Bassett's in that rotation as well. Like, that's the rotation that can go on a run. They've got the offense that if it gets hot, they can end up being a team that goes on a run. They feel like this year's Philadelphia Phillies team, yet I'm not convinced that they're getting out of that series against the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. And to your point, it doesn't feel like there's an overwhelming favorite. I would say maybe the Braves are that, but they've got so many questions with injuries to free dealing with a blister. Charlie Morton out with a finger in injury. Their bullpen's good, but it's not great like it has been in the years past. Every team that you look at, comes into this postseason with one major question. Unlike years past where it has felt like, and I know I think Atlanta lost last year to Philadelphia. That team felt like a team that was, oh, circle them, they're going to get to the World Series. And it just didn't end up happening. But does every team does every team have a perfect area in their game? Because when I look at the Braves, they're about as perfect as you could ask for on offense. And frankly, defense too for how they play. I don't know, at least in the National League, if there's any team that's as good as the Braves no, are in that area. Nobody is any one thing as well yeah. as the Braves hit. Yeah, because yeah. the Philadelphia however, Phillies have issues at the, 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 the corners, third base and first base. However, I think you can make a case that in a five-game series, offense can slump. You know, like weird stuff happens with hitting in a five-game scenario. Like it's entirely possible, hey, the Braves have one weird game to start out that series. And then game two, let's say they go up against Zach Wheeler. Well, we've seen what that looks like in a postseason era. That guy can shut anybody down. Game three, maybe they go up against Nola and Nola finds the fountain of youth and he looks awesome. And boom, now you're into game four. And it's like, oh, boy, this is going to get a little squirrely for you quicker than anybody could have possibly expected. The Dodgers, I don't think, do anything as well as what people the Dodgers are the team that I'm shorting I've been shorting them all year and eventually they're going to win the World Series and I'm going to leave saying I don't understand they weren't good doesn't count <laughs> and like you look at that lineup Alex it's not all that great they have Mookie Betts who's amazing Freddie Freeman who is an incredible Will Smith who I think is really really good other than that they've got a bunch of supplemental pieces that are just they found a way to get the job done this year they are on the right side of the bracket, though. If they were going to be playing against Philly and the NLDS, I would be putting all of my college fund for Luka on that 
series just to make sure that I've got double the money uh, in his college fund coming out of that to your series. Kid, man. But they're not, so I'm not going to put any money on that series. college kids fund on a baseball game. On the American League side, Do is hockey. there anybody that would shock you if they made it to the World Series? Genuinely, you would leave and you would say, I'm stunned that that team found a way to get there. I mean, Tampa Bay would because they don't have pitching. Like they I, do, though. It's surprising because like, it feels like they shouldn't. They do have a decent amount of pitching, especially coming out of that bullpen. They don't have the same guys that we were expecting them to have. I guess but, that's where it's at. It's not the McLaughlin's. It's dude, not those guys. I said that the Braves have the offense that is better than anybody else. If there's anybody else that can match them, it's Tampa. The problem for them is they're hurt. Yeah. <laughs> They've got injuries that they're dealing with right now on the offensive side of things, kind of like how the uh, the Brewers are dealing with things with the, the pitching side. The, the team for me is Minnesota. Like I, I, can I see them beating Toronto? And I know I said Toronto's the team that could potentially get on the run. Three-game set we saw last year. Anything can truly happen. Best of five, I think that still applies. Best of seven, I think the best team usually wins. And I, I look at Minnesota and I go, okay, maybe they pulled off against Toronto. They do have home field advantage. I don't think they've got a shot against Houston. I, I think Houston's the sleeping giant in the AL still. And I look at that Minnesota team and I go, they have no path to the World Series. Maybe they pull off an upset against Toronto because of the top two and Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray. Outside of that, I have no no recol- no idea of how they could get to the World Series. I just see you smirking over I there. I just looked down and saw that it was 11-13. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Hand it over. Hand it over. All I can think about is we're doing a stupid show. I, I thought you were in a text or something. Punishment, man. Hand it over. Ready to go to break? Yeah, you ready to go to break, buddy? No. We gotta stay on clock. Yeah. You ready for the first one? So I'm a little worried. I put the I put these up a little t- higher. Is this too close to my heart? No, that's too close to your It's like above it's his belly CPR button. Certified. Are you really? Yeah. Well, they spelled my name wrong on my card, so oh, I don't geez. know if I'm legally. <laughs> That's good to know. That's good to know. All right, Alex, do you know what you have to do here? Yeah. Here, you want me to just. If you haven't do it? already, I would check out the YouTube stream. This is what operates my life for the next 10 seconds. Uh, give me a heads up beforehand. All right. So I lost our pick 'em punishment, as I typically do, um, which means that I'm being punished this week. We do these every single month, once a month. Uh, at the end of the month, whoever has the fewest points, they're the one that gets punished. Uh, damn you. Freaking Broncos for winning by three instead of four. Um, Let's ride. So the way that this is going to work, we're... Uh, Let's ride. We've got a machine that stimulates what it feels like to be in labor yep. with your yep. child. Yep. My wife, who is a superhero, went through labor in July as we uh, gave birth to our first child's baby, Luca. And how long was her labor? It was 54 hours. You oh, you want to go 54 seconds. hours here? Nope, I've got 10 seconds. All right. My wife did text me and say, um, I'm pretty sure that my contractions were longer than 10 seconds. Well, Yours they're were. probably more brutal. I, however, am a man, which means that I'm a baby, and so we will be doing 10 seconds. Okay. Um, I'm right. going to sit down You're in this sit? chair because of all of the videos that I've seen of people doing this. Do you want to put your legs up, too? down. Hold on, you're pulling me with you, my oh, man. Okay. So, uh, don't make tell me, me when you're over here. Button, you, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and lay back a little bit. We'll get this. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, he's, he's legit putting the legs up and everything. All right, we're going to put ready? this up. Can All you right. guys see me over yep, there? We got you. All right, I'm going to okay, turn this on. We're doing level one. We're doing level <laughs> Just one. Level one. I'm going to turn this on. Oh, I'm so anxious. <laughs> Why did I agree to this? All right, All right 10 seconds. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we do that, I want I want to do a stopwatch. I'll go off of pain I want to do a stopwatch. I'll go pain volume. I'll tell you when. Tell me when. All right, you ready? Yeah. You're watching this. Uh-huh. At 10 seconds, you better hey, stop I that turn thing. turn it on first, damn it. All right. <laughs> ready? Yeah. All right. Uh, here, here we go. Oh, here we go. Hold Three. On. Hold on. Are we going to count down, or what are we doing here? 
All right, you ready? Oh, God. Three, <laughs> two, one. One. Is it, is it coming through? I don't think so. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no. <laughs> Buddy, what are you doing? Should be coming through. No? Don't go too high. <laughs> <laughs> it's on, so maybe we just got to go a little harder with this. No, don't do anything crazy. All right. Well, I got it on. What are we doing here? Uh, it's on, so you should be feeling. Ah! <laughs> 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 it's on! It's on! It's on! I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> Go to break. We're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Scores! Hayes' shot deflected over to Verona. Verona had the open neck, buried it, and the Blues are on the board. Root far side, one-timer, they score! Verona, a one-timer from the far circle, lasered into the back of the net. It's a 4-3 game. Alongside Alex and T-Bone, on BK. That's what it sounded like right here on 101 ESPN last night as the Blues lose the battle of the blue but they won the first yeah, game yeah, yeah. that these two played against each other so that's really all that matters um you'll hear them again coming up later on this week against the stars pre-game coverage for that one on thursday right here on 101 espn now that's friday isn't no it? it's thursday thursday right here thursday on 101 and espn at six a little frazzled right yeah, now. yeah a lot going on a lot going on Someone here in say the he's studio. a little buzzed right now <laughs> get it i get it that was well a little, played a little shocked that was well played um, I'm not going to lie. That was a little more, a little stronger than I was expecting. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you're going to make it till the end of the show. God, that was amazing. I can't wait. Look, do you want to just end the segment now? <laughs> I would like to end the show right now. No, no, we can't do that. Uh, I would not like, I would like this segment to never end. We just talk about the blues for the next three hours and then do one more punishment and then get out of here. Uh, we'll just do it mid segment. Let's talk about Yakub Rana. Let's. Because... Man, I think I am his biggest fan in St. Louis, and I keep falling further and further in love with the guy. Ten goals and four assists in twenty games with the Blues last year. Three goals and two assists in two games in the pre or three games in the preseason this year. So he has thirteen goals in twenty three games as a Blue. That is a forty plus goal pace. Uh, let's be fair here. Some of these are preseason, mm-hmm. and production in the preseason does not translate necessarily to regular season goal production. But this guy is a natural goal scorer, man. And when you see him, whether it's on the power play or at five on five, the one-time shot that you saw last night, the ability to drive offense, he gets the stick or the puck off of his stick quickly. I, I, I can't help but get excited about what this could look like with he and potentially Kevin Hayes being on that same line together. Alex, I know he was on the team at the end of last season. But some of that was him getting ingrained into St. Louis, like figuring out, okay, where do I live? What do I do when I'm not at the rink? That kind of stuff. And some of it was getting ingrained into this team's culture and all of that. Yakub Rana is somebody that I think could help this team go from good to potentially great offensively, both on the power play and at five on five. I think people are are looking at Yakub Verana and not giving it its due diligence in terms of who he can be because of what his last three years were. And 
Yes, that's true, but it's also unfair to him because he had his off-ice issues, and he's with a different team now that's instilled that confidence that they're going to be behind him no matter what. And I think that's what the feeling out process was last year, and now you could tell that the guy looks comfortable. And here's the thing. I always go back to what Kevin Allen said, covers the Red Wings. He said everybody in Detroit when he was there thought he was going to be a 40-plus goal scorer. Sometimes it's hard to look at that and say, like, he can be a 40-goal scorer because he's going to have to do it himself. But watching him play with Kevin Hayes and Sammy Blay, guys, this is a line that is going to stick for Craig Berube. And frankly, I think we're seeing the chemistry right now of Verona and Hayes. And when you come into this season, everybody expects Jordan Kyra to be a goal scorer. Everybody expects Pavel Buchnevich to be a goal scorer. But the skepticism of this Blues team is, well, where's the other offense coming from? Braden Shen, sure. Brandon Sod's probably only 20 goals. Kevin Hayes is an unknown. Kapanen's an unknown. Where are the goals coming from? Well, they're coming from a guy who was on pace for a stretch of three years with Austin Matthews at even strength. He's got a one-time shot on the power play that we saw last night against the Blue Jackets that can be lethal. And he and Hayes and Blay have such chemistry already, and they've only played two games together, that I really believe that's going to translate well. And if Yakub Veron is this player who's got the confidence from his coach and the team that he's on, I, I don't see why he couldn't put up 35 to 45 goals in a season, which changes the outlook of this Blues team. Yeah, and he's got one of the best shots on the team, too. And he's got the one-timer to help out on the power play. Can and you make an argument he's got the best shot on the team? I'd say probably. Maybe. I mean, Kairos is really good. Yeah. Like, I think it would be a one-two punch of Kairos and Verona. And I know and Thomas doesn't use it enough to probably fall into this category, but I think Thomas is really one of the shot. best shots on the team. Absolutely. But I, I think he's... I think you're right on with 35-40 goal score because he's got the shot. He's got the speed, which is a difference maker for him, too. <clears> and that is why you see Cairo be such an effective player, using that speed to get into the zone with the shot. And he's got the one-timer. And I, I think he's going to have a huge year on the power play. Like, I think if we're going to see the Blues power play percentage take an uptick this year from where it was last year, the biggest reason why that I believe is because Vron is going to help that out. And I know he's on the number 2 unit right now in training camp. I think he's going to be on that top unit by the time we get about 10 games into the season. Well, and I also think that people say he's on the, the number two power play unit. Don't overlook that number two power play unit to be used a lot in games because Craig Berube goes off a of feel. And if the first unit can't get any consistency, any flow to their game, he'll throw out that second unit. And the second new unit, which is what last night was, it's going to consist of Brandon Saad, Kevin Hayes, Jakub Verana, probably Sammy Blay, and then Justin Falk or Scott Pernovich. So you've got two units that I truly believe are going to be lethal for this team. I don't see why this power play can't be top 10 in the NHL by the end of the season. So last year you were 22nd at the end of the year in power play percentage. You were tied for that spot with the Winnipeg Jets. Alex, you think they can legitimately be a top 10 unit I do. on the power play? I really year? do. And the only way it's going to happen is if they have legit one-timer threats. And Curb said it on the broadcast last night, and I agree. The best power plays have one-timers on both sides of the goaltender. But the power plays that are up there are ones that at least have one one-timer threat. And when you look at both power play units, Jordan Cairo has shown the ability to use his power play. Jakub Verana has used his one-timer as well. That's two power play units that have that one-timer threat. Now, the issue is Cairo and Verana both use it on the same side. So you can't put them on the same unit because one's going off of their offhand. Yeah. But I do believe that this is going to be a unit 
if they stay healthy, because this is if you lose your power play quarterback in Troy Krug or Scott Pernovich, it's going to take a step back because that's what made it so lethal last night was how crisp the passes were. But yeah, I I think this could be a top 10 unit with the goal scores that they have. I think it's hard to ask much more of Jordan Cairo on the power play. He gave you 11 goals on that unit last year. That that's pretty damn good. Absolutely. I think Buchnevich at eight goals in 63 games can't ask for much more than that. And you're probably getting Pavel 10 Buchnevich. if he stays healthy. So that goes to the secondary pieces. You need Brandon Saad to produce more. He had two on the power play yes. last year. You need Verona to go out there and give you that 10 to 12 goal production from the power play as well. Kevin Hayes, maybe he's a guy that can help you on the power play unit. Like those are the guys that really need to step up. It's the secondary scores that can help you out because last year you had 46 goals on the power play. You need about 15 to 20 more than that in order to be able to be a top 10 unit on the power play going into this season. It's about finding where those goals come from. I think a lot of them, I think you could probably add another 10 from Jakub Vrana compared mm-hmm. to where he was at a year ago. Now it's about where do you find the other five to seven? And that's where you get into some of these secondary pieces. I think um, one guy would be Thomas maybe having a better year there, Sod and Hayes. I think those are the three guys that you could probably point to as, as maybe improving in that area. On the air comfort service, well, and Tori Krug as well. Krug, I mean, he wasn't very effective on the power Four play last, last year. year. Four goals. What were the assists? Uh, I mean, if all these other guys produced assist wise, he would be able to yeah. to get there. I, I don't have the. Exact I think you're just me. looking at somebody also, Tory Crew, who wasn't useful on the power play last year because he was injured a lot, and that's going to benefit them. Uh, on our air comfort service text line, somebody said, "Why are you guys continuously so pumped about this Blues? They did nothing to improve their weakness. It's defense." The reason I'm so pumped, I know Tanner is still very skeptical, and BK's kind of in the middle. The reason I'm pumped is because of what we're talking about: the offense. Guys like Verana, who were only here part season last year. Guys like Kevin Hayes, who looks really strong for this team. It's the offense. It's the power play. That's what's going to make this team thrive. I know that the defense is the exact same. I'm skeptic or I'm optimistic that it can improve significantly or at least a little from last year. But it's all about the offense. That's what's thriving. And to that point, the 21-22 team had basically the same defense too. Yeah. Where they were not. They Minus were not, Nick Letty. They were not good defensively they got masked because of the offense. Mm-hmm. And if you're someone like Alex, that's more optimistic about the team. I can see where this team has kind of that bad defensive, the defensive issues. And then I can look at it and go, okay, their offense should be closer to 21, 22 than it was last year. And if that's the case, they've got a chance to outscore their problems and be a con- yeah. potential player. And if they team. don't, it's going to be the same season as last yeah. year. If you're optimistic, I think there's two reasons for that optimism. And it honestly has very little to do with the defense. Like you're just, that's a given. They have to be better. Now, number one, your offense is going to get back to where it was two years ago, and you're going to have a ton of 20-goal scores. That's that's a big piece of this. Is they're just going to outscore their problems. Yeah. Number two, your goalie is going to be better. Like, that's a big piece of what ended up taking a step back a year ago is your goalie tandem just wasn't as good. You didn't have somebody to make up for Jordan Bennington's in-season <clears throat> lack of play. You know when you get to the postseason, Bennington's going to step his game up. But during the regular season, there are times where he goes through a 12 to 15 game stretch where it just doesn't look good. And two years ago, you had somebody that was able to make up for that lack of production from Jordan Bennington. Last year, you really didn't. Last year, you had a guy in Thomas Grice who was the definition of slightly below average as a goalie. So this year, the hope is they've got a little something better behind him or Jordan Bennington cuts that 10 to 15 game stretch out of his game. And if you can do that and you get the goal scoring production, this team can fight for a playoff spot. Nobody on this show is telling you they're going to win the Central Division. Nobody on the show is telling you they're going to get to 100 plus I'm the points. most positive, and I don't think they're getting anywhere near that. We think like around 90. <laughs> yeah, 90 to a, 92. A, a 
big improvement this year would be like 90, somewhere in that 90 to 95 point range. That's to four to get six more wins. Into the playoffs. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. How do you get that marginal improvement to play to the place where maybe you're trying to make a slight upgrade at the trade deadline and then you battle your way into the playoffs. And because you have Jordan Bennington, you give yourself a chance the way that Florida did a year ago. That That's really what it comes down to. Sit back, buddy. <clears throat> Hand it over. Hey, why don't you tell what's, the people what's coming yeah, up why next? Don't you, why don't you explain what's about to happen? Right. As Alex puts my life into his hands, I will go ahead and explain to you why I'm see. doing this. Uh, do we have a group show? Oh, here, Jamie Rivers is popping uh, in. Jamie, did you hear the first one? <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> so if you're watching us on YouTube, you can check us out at... Don't do this yet, Alex. No, I know. Uh, at 101 ESPN STL on YouTube is where you can go to find us. <laughs> Give um, them the three, two, and just go. No, no <laughs> don't. We should have did it in Jamie. the middle of the segment. Um, I am. Are you putting your legs up on purpose? Can you position yeah. your legs another way? Okay. This is rather odd. Jamie, for you're us. staring down the barrel right now, yeah. man. I uh, rethinking my life right now. So the first punishment Boy, that we have for our pick'em challenge is uh, simulating what uh, <laughs> delivering a baby is like, and I've got these electro things on my stomach right now and it the first time felt as if I had stuck my finger into a um, an outlet and put it straight into my stomach and I was just <laughs> I'm sure you got a lot of sympathy from the text line. Uh, yeah, they they loved it. Uh, from the text line, suck it, it BK, crank it up louder. This kid's not going to make it to the end. Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, I'm literally going to be dying. Um, so we're doing this at the end of every segment today. So if you want to tune in on YouTube, I would recommend that's the way that you watch this. Do you remember what level you had it last time? Yeah, I was at one. So now do you just start at level two? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, he gets 10 seconds at level two. Good luck, man. <laughs> Tell me when you're ready, big boy. <laughs> Jamie told me he loved this thing. Yeah, I for do. his back when he has like, pain. Yeah, <laughs> it's great for that. The way that they described it on the internet is if you feel like, you know how sometimes when you have like a knee pain or something, they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, Take care of your arm for you. I'll break that so you don't think about your knee. That's basically what this is. Yeah, that's kind that's of what, what I've That's kind of like parenting. All right. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. All right. No more. Uh... Somebody on the text line said, I love that Rib just came in to check this oh, out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got a popcorn. No more delay. We got to do the. We got to do the same thing, right? We're what do you counting mean? down. Yeah, we'll count down. <laughs> okay. Got to get it on first. I wouldn't um, trust him with the clock. Wait, yeah, you wait on the clock until it <laughs> starts to hurt. <laughs> don't turn it on before I get it. Well, I'm going to turn it on. You ready? Oh, ready. You press the button. <laughs> don't hit the dump button with your shoe. Okay, here we go. Okay, tell me when. Oh right. boy, right. you got to count down for me again. All right, we're ready. Yep. Three, two, <laughs> one. Hold on, I gotta get to the right setting. Oh, you, you <laughs> Three, four, five, six. Okay. What are those noises he makes? Is there a hyena in this room? What are those noises that he makes? Oh my gosh. All right, well, congrats. That was only like the first contraction. You're not even dilated yet. Do you know that tomorrow, by the way, your abs are going to be killing you? Oh, I can feel them. Like, They're going to kill you. Oh, yeah. I just did a half marathon two days ago, so oh this is great. God. 
Well, good well, luck, guys. We'll see you at the next segment, yeah, Jamie. Come on in. We'll be on level three. Get the popcorn ready. <laughs> We've got NFL quick hitters while BK tries to reset himself next on 101 oh, ESPN. God. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world, and the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Simon to some NFL quick hitters alongside Alex and T-Bone. I'm BK. Coming up in five minutes, I'll serve my next punishment. <laughs> By the way, for the amount of people that are texting in telling BK to man up that he can handle this, uh, I'd save the text until you put one of these on because I tested... Hey, go look at YouTube videos of people that have done this. <laughs> I tested this certainly not thing, alone. And it's not fun. All right. So Simon to some NFL quick hitters, Alex. All right. I'm wrong about everything, as we know, because I'm being punished when it comes to NFL pants. <laughs> Last night, I said during the show... The Seahawks minus one and a half at the Giants feels like way too good to be true. So clearly Vegas knows something. I, I guess the good bad is Giants, even though we all know that the Giants are bad and the Seahawks are good. So I, I don't totally understand why we would go that route. Well, no, we ended up being right and Vegas was clearly wrong on this one. The Giants are awful, dude. Watching that game last night, I, I'm not a Daniel Jones defender. I would say I'm one of the more critical people on the radio here, locally at least, on what Daniel Jones was last year and who he's going to be long term. I think they messed up big time giving him that big deal. And I said that the moment that he signed it last night was not on him. That offensive line is so damn bad. It didn't matter if they had prime Aaron Rodgers behind it. They had no chance, no chance to function as an offense. The defense is bad. The offensive line is horrendous. This Giants team is among the worst in the NFL right now, and it's going nowhere fast. And I heard Troy Aikman say it on the broadcast last night that this it's it's odd because this offensive line, like they have heavily invested in it in terms of draft picks, in terms of free yep. agent signings. Like it's not like these dudes are all sixth or seventh round picks. These guys are significant assets and they look lost. So I don't know if it's an offensive line coach. I don't know if it's the coordinator and the game plan that they're setting up just doesn't make sense, but they look lost out there. And I mean, it's turning more and more into the biggest joke into the NFL right now, not just Daniel Jones, but the Giants itself, because there was so much hype last year. I believed in Brian Dable. I thought the dude knew what he was doing. I still do. I do as well. But Daniel Jones looked competent last season. And it's like all of a sudden the team went from expectations to dud. It was smoke and mirrors, man. We said this all year. The Vikings. Are you oh, dying? Is this from the punishment? Is this the punishment? I think something's happening to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The Vikings and the Giants were both smoke and mirrors last year. And we all said it in the moment. And it took all year long before their magic was able to run out. But in the one-score games, they were both getting incredibly lucky. I'm sorry, man. That's what it was. It was just luck. It was luck and fortune. And it worked for the season. We see this in baseball sometimes where a team just has a miraculous season with uh, their batting average on balls in play or they're really good with runners in scoring position. Over time... That fortune is probably going to run out. Miami. And that's what we're watching this year. The Minnesota Vikings are not a good football team. They were a year ahead of time, and they're probably going to have to trade or 
move on from Kirk Cousins after the season because they need to go into a full-blown rebuild. The same is true of the Giants. The problem for the Giants, though, is that they, they're locked in now. Daniel Jones is guaranteed to be their quarterback for at least the next two years, and then they can potentially get out of it. They should have just franchise tagged him, figured out if this is something that is real, and then after the season, if he is the guy that you think he was going to be, then you go ahead and give him the long-term extension. And if it costs you more money, so be it, man. He earned it. But if not, then at least you give yourself the out of being able to move on after one year of Daniel Jones. They did it, and now they're screwed as a result. Yeah, and, and he's the kind of quarterback that I, I'm with you. He should never have been signed, signed to that contract. He's the kind of quarterback that needs time in the pocket. He's slow on his decision-making when he has time, and now when you speed up his clock even more, you see some of the decisions that he makes last night. Again, that loss was not on him. But that inter- that pick six that he threw, that was bad. he sped up. He sped up his process. Why? Because he's fearful of that offensive line that I can't tell you how many times I saw with on blocks last night. That was pathetic. Speaking of quarterbacks that are struggling early on in the season, Joe Burrow, first quarterback in NFL history to attempt at least 150 passes in his team's first four games of the season and average fewer than five yards per attempt. The Bengals have scored the fewest offensive touchdowns in the league this year. Guys, Joe Burrow is very clearly not right. He is playing out there not to get hurt, and they are having to put him in shotgun, and they're doing quick hitters all day long. They're not doing anything where he's getting out into um, space. It's a very static offense right now. They're one and three on the season. Going into this weekend, they're traveling to Arizona, and then they have Seattle at home. Is this thing irreparable? Are the Bengals going to get too far behind in order to or, before they can try to get back into the playoff? Mix yeah, out? I think so. I mean, if you were going to go down this this path of not being good for the first four weeks of the season, you shouldn't have played Joe Burrow at all. And I understand why they did, because he's your best chance of winning. But you knew he wasn't right. You knew he wasn't right in the preseason. And he went out there for week one. Again, I give him credit for it. But yeah, you're not going to be able to fix this if you keep throwing Joe Burrow back out there. If he's not healthy, you don't have your best chance to win. So you should sit him. But the problem is you sitting him isn't going to benefit you. This might just be a lost season. I'm not sure. It's I would sit him the next yet. two weeks, by the way. I would, too. I, I think the next two weeks are critical for them. They've got to win at least. they got to go one and one. They can't lose both. And I think Arizona, as we've seen, is a very competitive and feisty team, even though they've got a very lack of talent on that roster. Yep. They've got to go one and one. If they can go one and one, they can get into that bye in which they'll be two and four. But man, look Still at what behind. they've got coming out. They've got at San Francisco, Buffalo, Houston, and then at Baltimore. The hope would be is if you can oh. get Burrow healthy. If yep. Burrow can get healthy with that bye week, or at least closer to healthy than he is now, that changes the offense, I think, and that would that's what gives him a shot for those games. I, I would sit him. I would sit him this week. I would, too. I, I would say, hey, Joe, I know that we need to beat Arizona, but our chances of making the playoffs completely come down to whether or not you can help us in that four-game stretch coming out of the bye week. And so right now, if we rest you, you basically get a month off. We're giving you from October 1st up until October 29th to get yourself right for that San Francisco game. And that game and those next four weeks, the month of November essentially, determines the outcome of our season. We're putting it on you. We need you to get healthy. Take some time off right now. I think they messed this up. Jamar Chase told them all preseason. He said it publicly. I need you back by week seven. I need you ready to go for that stretch run. And the Bengals decided to go ahead and put him out there. I'm sure he's telling them, hey, I want to be out there with my guys. I don't blame him. It's something that I respect about Joe Burrow. The guy is an absolute gamer, but it's hurting the team right now. You know, the part that I don't get to is like Zach Taylor's job going into the season. It's not like it was up where he was going to get fired. 
I mean, there was a lot of backing of Zach Taylor. So to sit here and, and I'm only assuming in the circumstance, like he's the one that's like, hey, if you're good to go, Joe, we'll put you out there. I think this is an ownership decision. I, I don't know if you saw well, that video even, last week, no, but yeah, the I owner it. was driving around in his little four-wheeler around the practice field with Joe Burrow in the In that Marshawn Lynch style. Either, yeah. Well, that I mean, that's just, that's terrible then. Like, you, you put your team in jeopardy then. If you're if you're forcing him to play and he's not right. And well, I, I think mean, he wants to play. I think I, he told the owner, I want to play. And the you, owner said, we can't risk this. And he said, I want to play, though. And he said, all right. We're going to trust you on this. Well, when you take the coach's word in this one and be like, no, I don't well, I think, think we should. I think Taylor knows that they they can't win without him. And that's why yeah. I think they can't rest him now. And I understand that he's like I mean, with 50%. That offense, you should be able to put a quarterback no, and at least no. find a you way to be adequate. What's the quote from Peyton Manning? You don't practice after, if you yeah. lose your starting quarterback. That's what they are. They, they rest Joe Burrow these next two weeks. They lose to Arizona. They lose to Seattle. They are done. And that's the point that they're at right now. They've got to get him to play through this. They've got to get him as healthy as possible. They've got to go one and one, if not two and zero, oh in these next two, and then hope that that calf heals up during that bye week to get ready for that stretch. That's where they're at right now. I'm worried about the Bengals. I, I think they are irreparably harmed. I don't think they can come back from this. And the only way that they do is if Joe Burrow gets right quickly. He's got to get right, and he's got to get right coming out of that bye. They're, they're still technically alive, and if they win this weekend, they'll be 2-3, and three and everything will still be out in front of them. They've come back from this kind of a start to the season as recently as literally last year. But, man, does it look ugly right now, and Joe Burrow's health is the biggest reason why there are questions about them in the long run. With Alex and T-Bone, I'm BK. Man, these segments go so fast. <laughs> well, they do. I'm not going to lie to you. They one go more, so fast. One, one more time this hour. <laughs> one more time this hour. Only Are 10 more. Get on up. 10 more to go. Uh, All right. So we're doing our pick'em punishments today. I'm serving my punishment for this week. I am simulating, or this machine is simulating. <laughs> well, yeah, you're not what simulating. What it feels like to go through childbirth, <clears throat> specifically the labor for JR tweeted and said he's joining us in the 12 o'clock hour. I quote tweeted and said, Hey, JR, want to hear a grown man scream? Oh Dude, I can feel my, my, oh, core yeah, they're, they're tightening like, up. Yep, they're tightening up. All right, buddy. Okay, hold on. You know what? Get my, uh, Women don't get to say hold on when the contractions come. They just come. I know, but I can. Because I'm not a woman, first of all. Second of all, this is not childbirth. I don't know what you're talking about. So, it's just like it. If you guys want to check this out, you can do so on YouTube at 101 ESPN STL. Yeah. Our YouTube cams are brought to you by Air Alliance Team. Yeah, it's going to take a little bit to get set up. So, All right. so All right. I'll let you know when it gets started, Alex. So we're, so we're going to tell me when you're starting on your. We're right. going to move up to number three. Oh, oh God, what? Baby. Yeah, we're going to move up to number three. Are you sure? Yeah. No, I don't know I'm, that I'm sure. I mean, I, you're not sure. <laughs> Why do I'm we do very two for sure. Now? Well, we'll stick to three. Make sure that two is good before we get find, to three. Got to find a way to get to. They eight. told you not to go past four. Uh, I want to make that very clear. Don't worry about the instructions. It's fine. All right, buddy. Ready? Three, (laughs) two, one. All right. I'll let you know whenever we're ready. Oh, God. These things happen so fast, dude. Here we go. I can feel it coming my way. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, 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 it's on burst. It's on burst. Okay, now we're good. (laughs) Oh, 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 you kicked me. (laughs) Oh, 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 Congrats. Oh, Congrats. Oh, that one was so much more sustained. Congrats, buddy. You just... Uh, oh, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> I love the fact that Alex oh. goes, he kicked me. He did kick me. Jerk, that hurt. Oh, can I hold your hand next no, time? No, God, no. Now you're dilated oh. at least a centimeter. Coming up oh. next, send us your questions. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort <gasps> Service text line. You can ask BK what the pain oh. is like next on 101 ESPN. I'm exhausted. <laughs> 
We're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You've got questions. We may have the answers. Maybe it's PK and Ferrario's questions and answers on 101 ESPN. so fast and because of the punishments I mean you gotta go to a commercial right we now we have like so. a minute left Coming or up. less of every segment let's hit the punishment <laughs> 3143999646 is the air comfort service text line for questions and answers coming up in five minutes I'll get punished again God, five it. minutes more like two minutes <laughs> I have some time man <laughs> just breathe man just breathe uh, this one comes from the 217. Guys, I know your show is from 11 to 2, but what time do you guys show up for the show, and what time do you end up leaving? Uh, um, everyone put the jokes in, oh, Alex shows up at 11 o'clock. Yep, bingo. It depends on the day. Um, before I had a child, I'd stay typically around 4, 3.34-ish, and we we all like to be here together by 10. As long as everybody's in the room together to get everything put together for the show, 10 o'clock is kind of like, we need to be here. Um... Some days are different than others, though. Some days I'll get here at 7 8 o'clock. Other days I'll get here at 10. Yeah. So it depends how much we have to do in the morning. I do a lot of my work at night, personally. Yeah. I uh, I mean, for me, it really is dictated off of what the morning schedule is like. My girls go to daycare Mondays and Fridays, so I'm here earlier. Tuesday through Thursday, I'm home a little bit more, but Tuesdays and Thursdays are blues games. So since I'm gone from whenever I leave the house until 11 p.m. at night, I try and stay a little longer at home with the girls before I leave. So it really, I'm, I'm here by 10 every day so that we can start our show prep yeah about 9 30 10s when i'm here if bk's out and i am producing the show and i have to cut the audio i'm here about nine o'clock those days just yeah. a little bit earlier to make sure i can get the yeah, audio when one of us time. are out we're always here yeah. a little earlier so that we can nobody use a little believes more. it but i actually do work on this show yeah well well we're seeing the work I'm, you're putting in right I'm now i'm typically man. here till about 3 3 30 most days because i'm the one that's getting the podcast up socials done youtube mm. with the timestamps. and i know that go. sounds super glamorous to all of you guys a reminder, most of our work is done at night. I was going to say, it's yeah. really like you don't go home and, and turn it off. It's yeah. you go home and then you're on social media still, which I know sounds the really I, difficult. And you're I watching games. Our jobs are awesome and I have zero oh, yeah, no, I love my job. The thing I always tell hours. people is... You don't have sounds, nights, you don't have weekends. Yeah, it, it sounds good that you get to be home at three, but... If the Cardinals yeah. are like playing the Pittsburgh Pirates in the middle of August and the game doesn't mean anything, I can't just go home and say, you know what? I want to watch a movie tonight. It's no, I get to watch the below 500 Cardinals and the below 500 Pirates because a lot of re- there's just a lot of stuff that you got to do. I mean, like if you're a teacher, you take a lot of work home. If you yeah. are in sales, you take work home. We're, we're just it's the like same as grading papers. I mean, not because that's a lot more taskful, but like we're going home yeah, and we're paying papers, attention to that. But not important. You're putting notes together with things like that. Absolutely. All right, yeah, from the true. 636. Alex, do you think we could see Thomas, Cairo, and Verona on a line together no, this year? I don't. Ooh. I that that might be a defensive nightmare for the Blues. I, I, I wouldn't the do theme it. Of the team. I, I Baruby likes to go in pairs, and I think the pair is Thomas and Buchnevich. I don't think the pair is Thomas oh, and Cairo. Really? I think the pair is Thomas Buchnevich. And then Cairo is the one that moves around. Cairo played. Now, this was because Kapanen um, was out with an injury and Cairo was out with an injury. But Cairo played with Shannon Saad in a game and Kapanen played the, uh, last night with Dean and Bolduc. Um, I think Cairo is interchangeable with lines depending on how he plays. Just like I believe Verona is paired up with Hayes. So I don't think Verona is going anywhere. I'd agree with that. I, I don't see us near once you put them other it's just too much of a defensive liability with those group and i think Verona actually pairs at least early on at least i think this has been the pairing very well with hayes absolutely and i don't see right now i don't see why you would change your that. pairs are thomas booch 
Shod, Sod and Shen, or I'd just call them Shod. Yeah, we got that. And then um, Hayes and Verana are your pairs. That's that's your pairs, which means Kairu, Kapanen, and Blair floaters. I'd At least throw, that's the way I've I would seen throw it. neighbors in there as I a floater as well, that's on the fourth because line. Because right Blake now. could move down, uh, neighbors could move up. All right, final question here from the 314. <laughs> Guys, if you had to place a wager on one team to win the World Series this year, who would you go with? Am I trying to win money or am I trying to just be right? Yeah, you can take it however you want. Um, I, I'm still going to put it on the Braves. I, I just I think they're a well-oiled machine right now, and I do think last year probably stuck in most of their crawl, and you have a historic season for Ronald Acuna Jr., and I never doubt that going into the playoffs. I, I would probably go with Houston. I, I said this in our first segment. I think they're the sleeping giant in the AL. Like, nobody wants to talk about it. They sleptwalk through the regular season, and they still won the AL yeah. West. And they've got a great top end in Verlander and, uh, uh, why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden, Valdez. And, and their bullpen's solid, and then the lineup is just great as well. So I think Houston's the sleeping giant. So I would say Houston. You guys took the two favorites in Vegas right now. Atlanta is plus 250. Houston is four and a half to one. Blue Jays would be a dark horse for me. That's my that's my dark mm-hmm. horse that I'm yeah. going to take. Uh, be my 18 dark. to one, Toronto Blue Jays. That's a team. You mentioned it earlier, T-Bone. It's a great comparison. That's the team that feels kind of like the Phillies from last year. The difference is they've got an excellent defense. Toronto yeah. is awesome defensively. They're arguably the best defense in the sport right now. And they've got pitchers that strike people out. Yeah. So when you have that kind of a combination and an offense that has the potential, even though it didn't always this year, uh, slug baby slug through the postseason. Yeah, you got a chance to be able to go to the World Series. So that's the one that I would go with. They're 18 to 1 in Vegas right now. I want Toronto and Atlanta Toronto and Atlanta. That's the that's the matchup I want for a World Series. Gotta take a drink of water. You want me to do it while you're drinking? <laughs> I saw someone on YouTube said I should feed him ice chips. <clears throat> you want to come over and hold his hand on this one? No, I'm good. Somebody's gotta push the buttons. Back I am here. holding this pen very <laughs> tight. <laughs> I'm gonna laugh if it snaps. In your hand. <laughs> in play. Alright, don't do anything yet. <clears throat> We're getting ready. I'm serving my punishment this uh, this week for okay. the first month of the Pick'em Challenge. <laughs> it didn't go my way, as it typically does. Uh, somebody on the text line made a fair point. They said, if you don't like it, BK, pick better. You're absolutely correct. Absolutely. I'm not complaining about this. Yeah. I'm upset about it. I'm mad about it. I don't love it, but I'm not complaining about it. Just wait till I'm going to serve prostate my punishment exam. just the way that I should. Um, All right, I'm man, serving this talking. on YouTube at 101 ESPN STL. The studio cams are powered by Air Alliance team. They're having a great day, Air Alliance We've team, with this one. We've got nine more of these throughout the day today. All right. I've already it. served three. We're, we're at level three still. Yeah. We're, try not to kick me this time, man. Okay. It hurts. I cannot promise you that. This, this, is, this is tough, man. We're only on level three. I, we're not going past four. I, I'm making okay. the executive decision right now. We're, okay. We agreed. All right, because he 12. said executive decision. Yeah, I the medical doctor Our said don't go leader. beyond four. And I, nah, I agree. Now nah, the pamphlet currently. said you're fine. All right, buddy. Oh, I'm going to turn it on. Okay. And then mm. I'm going to pot it up. Okay. Are Tell we me. doing the? Are you going to burst or are you going? To, I'm going uh, normal. Okay. I don't like burst mode. Burst okay. doesn't inflict enough pain. Uh, I did. <laughs> I could. I could raise the rate of pain if you no, like that. Please don't. Just okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. Oh God! They're already on. They're they're warming up quicker now. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh! I can't see the clue. Oh! All right, Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic, our Blues Insiders, next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
giving you the picture, the real big St. Louis sports picture. It's BK and Ferrario, live from the Car Shield Studio on 101 ESPN. News, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite contractor. Okay, I just got a text from my wife. <laughs> Tell him what it says. <laughs> said, guys, I'm exhausted. <laughs> she said, you know this doesn't mean you get to nap after picking up your son today, right? <laughs> God, I love you, Kara. <laughs> it's funny. We just said that's yeah. what he's going to do when he gets home. I said, be, uh, Luke is at daycare, so you go home and uh, sleep on the couch for an hour. There's also a tweet that just went out. Guys, why does it sound like BK Sports Talk is dying as he's screaming on the air at 101 ESPN? I'm serving on punishment this week, specifically today. I am genuinely exhausted right Everyone now. Everyone is very concerned you might soil yourself by oh, the end of the play. show. It's it's in play. I don't know if Jamie and Stalter are going to be okay with that. You should um, probably discuss. Stalter specifically should be worried, considering this is where he stands. <laughs> well, um, just don't get it on the mic. Randy also concerned. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tim, I think, would be fine standing anywhere. He doesn't yeah. care. Um, <laughs> probably, but, probably been in it before, right? Let's go hey, to the 101 ESPN You waste more time. We're just going to have to get to another one, man. God, I want this to be a long segment. JR needs a, a hard five minutes on this one. JR, let's talk some blues hockey. How you doing today? Hey, uh, yeah, I'm doing really well. And normally I can go the whole 12 to 15, but uh, I get an interview here coming up in a couple of minutes. Okay, so <laughs> JR, JR, you texted me you needed to be out at 1210, right? So like, we'll, yeah. we'll talk to you next week, I guess. If not sooner. Yeah, I just uh, put a... I just put a lineup on the YouTube. Hey, BK, I got to keep this segment short if you don't mind. <laughs> Appreciate you listening or watching on YouTube, JR. So, JR, uh, since you're going to treat it this way, what did you think of the preseason game last night, buddy? <laughs> you enjoy that one? Let's break it down period by takeaways. period. Yeah, well, here's my long breakdown. Uh, they uh, made a game of it there at the end. That's that's all I got. All I'll right. Send it to, uh, JR, <laughs> no. thanks for the insight, buddy. I'll give you my real question coming <laughs> off of that one. Yakub Verona. Yeah. Can he be a 30-goal scorer this year for the Blues? How about this guy? I, you know, I really think that he can be. When when you combine what he has speed-wise and outside of Jordan Kyrie, he's got the best wheels on the team. And, and then when you put together that uh, quick shot that he's got, that quick release, I just think he can be that guy. And he, he was a goal scorer in Washington. Obviously, things didn't go the way he or anybody wanted in Detroit. But now he's got this second chance here in St. Louis. He's going to have the ability to play in this top six, top nine, and he's going to play with some good teammates. So, you know, I think what we've seen from Rana since he's got here is not some sort of illusion. This is a guy he can be. I know it's been only two games, JR, but Kevin Hayes, Sammy Blay, and Yakub Verana, I mean, they look like a line that's in middle season form in terms of puck possession for Kevin Hayes, the shooting ability for Verana, and the space creation from Sammy Blay. Is that a line in your mind that is already set in stone? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, obviously things can change. Uh, I would not have gone into the year thinking that uh, Blay would be on that line. We were trying to pencil him maybe on the second line. If not, he was going to play fourth line. Uh, but I did pencil in Brana next to Kevin Hayes, and guys, where that came from is when we were in Nashville for the draft, uh, Alex, you were down there, Tanner, you were down there, we got the chance to interview uh, Kevin Hayes, and we said, uh, who do you like to play with? What type of player best suits you? And he said, a shoot-first guy, and if 
if Jacob uh, Brown isn't that guy, I don't know who is. So they've had uh, great success. I think um, you know it, it's a, it's a line where you got different types of players, and and I think it's come together really well in this preseason. Uh, JR, the big question that we've got in terms of the defensive core is who's going to make the roster this year? Like it's it's less about the overall play because that remains to be seen, right? We'll, we'll see what they look like once we get into the regular season. But who are the eight defensemen if they end up carrying those guys? As of yeah, today, who do you think is the odd man out of that group? Yeah, and, and I'll get to that answer for sure. Sorry to interrupt you there. But, you know, I fought with this yesterday when I was writing the story that's up at The Athletic now. And, and here's the number one reason. You know, over the years, I've had to analyze position battles and try to say, okay, who's going to make the team? And you're always going to have, like, a contract guy or a guy who maybe he's on the outs. Or, you know, maybe you've got a certain style of player. But with this group of eight or nine defensemen, you just have so many different elements into play here. And we're talking about a situation where you've got a couple PK guys in Bortuzzo and Scandella. Look, I get it that they were part of the team last year, albeit 20 games for Scandella, and the PK was not good. So people are saying, well, then why should they be a part of it? Well, if not them, then who else? Are you putting Scott Prinovich out there on the PK? Like, who's playing the PK? You know, then you have guys who are have to go through waivers who you don't want to lose, like a Scott Prinovich, like a Tyler Tucker. And then, oh, by the way, you have a Kelly Rosen, who outside of maybe Justin Falk uh, was the best defenseman on the team last year in a limited number of games, just under 50 games. And so you know, how do you say that you're going to put him through waivers and send him to Springfield was when he was better, one of your better guys? So all that is the long-winded way of getting down to, you know, I think the odd guy out has to be, because of the situation the Blues are in, contracts, retool, so on and so forth, Scandella or Rosen. And if you put one of those guys on waivers, is Scandella going to get claimed with that 3.275? You know, probably not. And if you put Rosen on there, is he going to get claimed? He, he probably could. So it's a very tough decision for the Blues. Does it seem like, though, JR, if Perunovich is on this team, which I'm under the assumption that he will be because of the waiver situation, that he can continue his growth? Because if you're talking about a healthy scratch or if you're talking about playing on the third pair and not getting power play time, where is Scott Perunovich's growth coming from? Yeah, I think if, if you're going to have some faith in him, continue to have some faith in him, which I think they should do, then you're probably going to, if everybody's healthy, Alex, play him in that third pair with Bortuzzo. You know, even though he was on the third power play unit the other day, maybe you play him on that second power play unit. You're probably going to play him ahead of Justin Falk. Look, if you're going to play the guy, he's got to be used to his uh, strong suit, and right. that's definitely what it is. And then you're going to have to see how does he play in that third pair with Robert Bortuzzo. Obviously it was kind of a hiccup for everybody that start last night, but I think Prinovich had some good moments and he's had some good moments in this preseason. But then it begs the question, you know, what about a Tyler Tucker who you're trying to get games to, or what about if you keep a Rosen, you know, where you put him? I think that within the organization, they've got to have that depth chart who they want playing games. And to me, Scott Prinovich right now has to be one of those guys. All right, JR, our final question. We'll get you out of here on this one. Kerry Davis is over here just waiting for We're the gonna next We're going to have an audience by the end of this show. I'm driving up. I'll be there. In 15 <laughs> I'll let you turn the button on, JR. So <laughs> earlier today, I was reading over at ESPN.com. They've got their goalie tandem rankings. They have the Blues coming in at number 26, and they've got Bennington and Hofer listed as the, the pairing, as we all kind of expect going into the year. However, um, do you think that is going to be the goalie tandem going into the year? Or is there still a little bit of a competition that's taking place in your mind? 
You know, I, I wrote that there's competition the other day at the Athletic, and the reason I did that is because Subban's played well, and also you have Zarenko, who I think has a ton of talent. But when it comes down to it, is there really a competition for this roster spot? I would be shocked if Joel Hofer wasn't the backup on opening night. I think he'll be that way because he's the guy they see uh, making that jump, and also because he's got the one-way contract. And, and so I think that's going to be the situation with him. Uh, in terms of the ranking 26 for Bennington and, and Hofer, I'd put them a little higher. You know, I think Bennington, I said it last year, that the defense in front of him was just not good. You can talk about the goals that he did let in um, when he did have a chance to, to make the stop, and, and I get it. Uh, but I just think that the defense this year, the work they've put into protecting the slot area is going to be better. And, and Hofer, you know, maybe that's what brings the rating down just a little bit for uh, ESPN. And I guess that's Wyshynski who put that together mm-hmm. because Hofer's a rookie and an unknown. So, um, you know, is, is Bennington going to be a 925 and Vesna finalist? Doubtful. But as Doug Armstrong said the other day, I believe it. If the Blues get their house in order defensively, I think we'll see better numbers from Jordan Bennington. All right, JR, I've got stuff to do. Thanks for uh, no, no. on with Jerry, us you want to stay on then just try and coax him through this, buddy? All right, listen, I'm watching the YouTube, and I'm getting ready to hit unmute. Oh, baby. All right, JR. See appreciate soon, it, buddy. buddy. Thank you. All right. All right, see you, boys. See you, man. It's Jeremy Rutherford. Go on, Kerry. You Blues can come insider. in. Stand next to the mic, my man. Oh, Staltz is here, too. Staltz. Come here. Having it's a good party. Fun. How are you? you got your legs up. What's going on? It's, it's, well, this it's, is how labor works, right? It's uncomfortable. If you're just oh, getting Staltz, into your car, in I'm here. serving my punishment. I'll do the quick spiel real quick. Uh, I lost our pick'em challenge because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> and now I'm being punished by feeling what it feels like to be in uh, labor for your child. He's at level three right now, guys, and it's wow. been painful. No, we, we need to stick with this for a while. You lose a lot of these. <laughs> I, see, I never see them doing anything strange. No, no. Tanner, Tanner had a couple. Yeah, he was there the beer last year. He was the one that vomited. I did okay. coffee with mayonnaise, but BK oh. had like nine of the punishments Carry last on. year. You're not wrong. <laughs> okay, I, just, I thought maybe I was <laughs> as, seeing things. As somebody that's experiencing the punishments. <laughs> what did you tell Stoltz yesterday? Like, if you were to fade you, you'd be hitting on like a 90%? 70, 70% clip. Ooh. I mean, that's like... You know how hard it is to... Stoltz is over there seeing the money side. Stoltz is like, fade What do you guys see your picks? Friday. 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 Tune in for the three games that you should put into a parlay. That are opposite of All whatever right. it is that I take. You guys I would ready? give them individually, though. I typically go one and two. You guys ready for this? Kind of my thing. All, All right, right, hold on. Um, so when you're ready. I'm going to get my uh, my stopwatch going. This is the best day of work ever. I know. I've, this is, this is, <sighs> I'm going to disagree. I'm exhausted. I've never had more fun Genuinely work. exhausted. Well, you're about to get more exhausted. <laughs> Level four. You ready, buddy? No, no, no. no. Three. We're we just, we just on three. Okay. Ready? <laughs> Here we go. Three, two, one. Oh! Oh! Oh, that's four, isn't it? <laughs> nope, that's three. <laughs> That is hilarious. You got to do this how many more times? Seven more times. Seven more times. Best of luck to you. This is brutal. (laughs) He agreed to it. Stoltz, which one would you prefer, this one or have a prostate exam live on the radio? I do the prostate. No. I'll do the prostate exam. Live on the radio. Nah.
Well, is it still going? No, it's off. <laughs> Look at this guy. Did you hear him? Is it still going? Look, he's red. He's red. Deep breaths. Oh. You got to breathe deeply. Well, you made it through another one, buddy. Somebody, somebody that says 636, Marsh actually brought Stalter some Depends. Maybe he'll lend BK one. <laughs> I've got him in the office if you need him. Bring one down yeah. because when we get to the hour, 1 o'clock hour, BK might not make it through. Oh. Coming up next, college football season. Is it better with 12 teams? We'll discuss on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Alongside BK and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Alex Ferrario. I'm giving my guy a little bit of time to breathe. This has been a brutal punishment, but we'll keep it going in the end of this segment and then all the way through to the end of the show. Keep her going. It's ch- halfway, right? What's that? It's halfway. After the next one. After the next one. Yeah, you got seven more. And then six and then five, four, three, two, one. Head over to our YouTube page at 101 ESPN SDL. It's sponsored by Air Alliance team. I've got so many text messages from family and friends saying this is amazing. Maybe we should carry this over to the next month of punishments with our Pick'em Challenge. We'll do those on Friday. College football, NFL. Let's stick with college football, though, BK, because as we are seeing, there is not a clear-cut favorite in this college football field. You don't think so, huh? No, I don't think so. Georgia's not it. Michigan's probably not it, although they look great. Texas, yeah, they look great. Not it. This is the year for me that the 12-team playoff run should be instigated because this is as wide open as you can ask for in terms of who gets into the top four. We're already seeing people argue of who the top four, if the playoffs were to start today, are. This is the year of 12 teams where you get those battles of teams that you wouldn't expect to come up with a victory. I disagree. And Tanner right there just buzz Killington once again. I actually think this is the perfect year for the four-team playoff. Because I think the reason for the 12-team playoff expansion won money, but I I do like the 12-team playoff because I do like that they're going to put a non-power four team into the playoff, which I love. That's why I loved when Cincinnati got in two years ago. I think the way that that was set up, though, was because you allowed the non-power five to get in. And typically most years in the playoff, you have three, like, truly dominant teams that belong. And then there's kind of that fourth spot where there are like six, seven teams battling for it. And that's where I say, okay, that would be the year that I would love the 12-team playoff. This year, because you said it, and I think you said it perfectly, there's not one team that I feel is a lock for the college football playoff. Not one. And with that being said, I love the chaos that we're going to see this year. And that's why I think the 14 playoff is perfect for this year. I'm typically am pro, let's go to 12 teams. This year feels like the perfect year for four because the top four now, Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Ohio State, I, there's an argument for all four of those teams not to make the playoff yep. this year. And that's what I love about it is it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be, I, I don't want to say controversial, but it's going to be a long conversation if we get to the end of the year and there are a multitude of teams that are undefeated. I, I like this four-team playoff best for this season. So I was with Alex today before I heard T-Bone's argument. And T-Bone swayed me. i got to be honest. I actually agree with T-Bone after hearing what he had to say about why he thinks a four-team playoff for this specific scenario is the best. Well, you're an idiot. You're and, an absolute complete idiot. It's true. It all comes down to what you think, what what kind of meaning, what kind of importance you place on the regular season versus the playoffs. Because the playoff would be more enjoyable this year with 12. Because this would be like the Major League Baseball playoffs this year where you have no idea what's coming. And that's really compelling. There, there's a lot of theater that is surrounded by that. But the regular season is also really fun in college football. And like going into this upcoming weekend, 
there's a potential elimination game that is taking place with Texas and Oklahoma. Texas, if they win this game, has a real chance to go undefeated the rest of the year and make it into the college football playoff. This is the game for them. However, if they lose, they will then go into the college football playoff, potentially the rankings at least, with one really significant win this year, and that was against Alabama. And I don't know how good Alabama is right now. So by the end of the year, instead of that being against a top 10 opponent, that might be more of like a top 15 type of a win. Does a one-loss Texas team with one significant top 20 win get into the college football playoff? I think you can make a pretty strong argument. The answer to that question is no. I would say you probably end up getting two Pac-12 teams over that Texas team. So the regular season is a bit devalued by the 12-team playoff in a season like this. That changes when you've got some dominant teams at the top and you know who's going to get into the four-team playoff. But for this specific season, I actually do think that I'm with you, T-Bone. It places more importance on games like Texas versus Oklahoma or another game, Louisville versus Notre Dame. Those games are potentially for a play into the tournament. And this year, I feel like whatever the four-team playoff ends up settling out to be, I think you're going to see four true competitive games, and then the championship game will be competitive. Most years, last year was a bit different. Last year, those games were competitive until the championship game. Um, <laughs> yeah, until I thought TC most, was going to be good. Most years, your one and two just blow away the three and four. And I don't think that's going to be the case this year. And when it is that scenario where there is just two just dominant teams, you know their paths are going to collide at the championship game, why not add more intrigue by having a 12-team playoff? This year, it it would be exciting. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to tell you, like, oh, 12-team playoff. God, that'd be boring. No, that's not the case. It would be a fun playoff this year. But, again, it does take away from the regular season. Because you're right. I think Texas loses this weekend. They're done. I think Notre Dame's already done with their one loss. They don't have a conference they're game. 40-1 to one to win the college football playoff, by the way. Notre Dame is? 40-1 right now. So that, that is to Damn. your point. Like, Vegas agrees with you that they're basically done already. And, and it, for Notre Dame, it's all because they just don't have a conference championship game. One loss, you can potentially... Making into the playoff with one loss, but you got to win your conference. You got to win your conference championship game. Notre Dame can't do that, so Notre Dame is essentially done. And some would say, "Well, that, well, what are they playing for?" Well, there's still a lot to play for. They can go to a high bowl game, and that's important for Notre Dame. But I just think a 14 playoff this year. I've heard a lot of people saying you weren't the first one to bring this up in the office. A lot of people would say, "Oh, the 12 team playoff wouldn't this be great?" No, let's enjoy what we've got and let's enjoy the regular season because next year this time it's not going to be the same where it is. Oh man, a Texas lost that. That could knock out their playoff hope. It'll be, oh, okay, they lost. They still got, like, they can lose, like, two more games and still potentially be fine. And it will still be fun. No. I will still love the 12-team playoff because once you get to it, it will be better than what we currently have available to us. It just changes the importance. Instead of having that importance on the Red River, Red River rivalry going into this weekend, it will be on Texas versus... Oregon in January like that that'll be what differentiates the future college football versus what we're currently watching guys I'm going to give you some of the odds currently in Vegas on teams to win the college football playoff right the national championship these are all the teams that are below 25 to 1 there are nine of them currently George at 3 to 1 Michigan is 4 to 1 Texas and Ohio State are both next at plus 750 so seven and a half to one then you've got Florida State at nine and a half to one, Penn State at eleven to one, and at fifteen to one you have USC, Washington, and Oregon. If you had to place a bet today on one team 
to win the college football playoff, who would you guys be going with? Take into account what the odds are, so you're trying to make the most money possible while also placing a bet that you think has a chance to be a real winner for you. I mean, mine would be Michigan or Texas. I think those two teams, and I know the odds are are less in terms of what you're bringing in, but I just think those two teams, I'm going to try and win my money. Those two teams seem to be the clear-cut favorites right now in college football. I think I would go with Texas. I think they would be the one for me because I think with Quinn Ewers, they've got the quarterback that can get them to the promised land. And they're the one team that I feel like, I said nobody's a lock right now. I think they win this weekend against Oklahoma. If they play the way they should the rest of the way, their schedule really softens up at the end. So if they can beat Oklahoma, which I think they will this week, then I think they're a team that's a lock for the playoff, and I think they can win the potential college football playoff this year. Whoever you think wins next week between Washington or Oregon, I think is the best bet. Uh, Oregon is off this week. I think those are the two best teams in the Pac-12. I personally would place my bet on Oregon. And the reason why is just because I think they are the most complete team in the Pac-12 currently. I think Washington has a better offense than Oregon does. I worry a little bit about Washington's defense after seeing them the last two weeks against Cal and Arizona. Those two offense putting up 30 and 24 points respectively makes me wonder what it's going to look like when they go up against USC or Oregon State or Washington State or Oregon going up in a couple of weeks. So I would probably put my money down on Oregon at 16 to 1. I just think those odds are way too long. Uh, that That is the team for me that I would go with. I would take somebody from the Pac-12 because I think it's the best conference. They've got the best quarterbacks. They've got good coaching. And the two teams that I would be looking at are Washington and Oregon, and I think I would ultimately land on Oregon as my team to place the bet on. Yeah. Who do you guys think is the team that's in the top eight or nine right now that you wouldn't, that you don't expect to see in the college football playoff? Who's the one that you're just you're fading completely right now? I mean, mine's Georgia. I, I, I just don't know if Georgia's going to be in the top four in terms of playoff teams. I, I mean, right now, Texas, Michigan, one of those Pac-12 teams are going to be there. And I'm really wondering if Georgia loses a couple more games. They I think just, they lose this week. Yeah. Do they got this week? Kentucky, Kentucky, right? I wonder if Mizzou gives them a run for their money. I think they could. But oh, I, let's calm down. Whoa. <laughs> I, I really do think they could. I do, too. And I, I That think, offense stinks with Georgia. It I stinks. I think Kentucky is the exact type of team that can give them trouble because they are one of the best run defenses in the country. Yeah. We all know what does Georgia wants to do. They want to be a run first team. The problem is they haven't been particularly good at it this year. And so instead they're having to lean on Beck and he's basically just throwing exclusively to Brock Bowers this year, which is a smart way to go about it. Brock Bowers is amazing. I do it too. But Kentucky has some really versatile and athletic defenders. And if they're able to slow Bowers down, not stop him, nobody can, but slow him down. I think there's a real chance Kentucky wins this one, like 27, 23, something like that. I, I So I like the Georgia pick. I, I would also throw Ohio State into this mix. I, I don't yeah. think Kyle McCord's a good quarterback. I really don't. He's the difference maker. They've got a ton of weapons. I think they got lucky against Notre Dame. I, I agree. <laughs> I, th- I thought Notre Dame laid a complete egg. As much as everybody says Ohio State won that game, I think Notre Dame laid an egg. I mean, hell, they played with 10 guys yeah. on the final two plays. They don't convert I, if they're the other guys out there. I don't think Ohio State, they're higher than Penn State right now in the rankings. I think they lose to Penn State, and they will probably lose to Michigan. And I think there's a chance they could... Their schedule's kind of soft. They've got Maryland this week. Don't be shocked if Maryland gives them a game. Maryland's played pretty well early on this year. I would say Ohio State's the other team that I would put in the same conversation as Georgia. USC's got no chance. I'd agree with No that chance whatsoever. Notre Dame, Utah, Caleb Washington, Williams. and Oregon all coming up the rest of the way. Man, if you're giving up 41 to that Colorado offense, which is good, but they were without their best player in, in Travis Hunter. This defense is terrible, man. They gave up 28 to San Jose State, 28 to Arizona State, and then 41 last week to Colorado. When they get into the meat of this uh, Pac-12 conference slate, they're, they're going to be giving up 40 a week. 
And I love Caleb Williams. I think he's got a real shot to be able to go back-to-back as a Heisman Trophy winner. I I don't think that defense is good enough to be able to get them to the college football playoff. Not in this version of the Pac-12. A couple of years ago, this exact USC team could have won the Pac-12 and then go to the college football playoff. This year, mm -mm, I don't think they've got any chance to do so. They're the team that I'm fading the most right now. I think they're a really good team. They just don't have the defense to be able to get the job done. I like it. You know what I also like? I did eat a little something in the last oh, break. Yeah. It made me feel better. I was getting a Whoa. little lightheaded after the last break. Oh, well. Don't worry. A little lightheaded. Yeah, he's CPR your, certified. Yeah. It's just his dot name on there. Yeah. So he's not really CPR I'm your certified. medical professional for Tan E. Hendrickson. If you're new is. to this, if you're just tuning in, our 12 o'clock hour is the highest rated hour that we do uh, here on this show. So you may be new. I'm serving my punishments today. Alex. <laughs> you may be new. Welcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Alex is in charge of it. He's taking care of the uh, the machine. That is um, sending the contractions by way of my stomach. I am shocked by how much this. You are shocked. It, yeah, I'm shocked by how <laughs> how exhausting this is. <laughs> what do you think labor is? I I, I couldn't believe You're it. You're not dude. even two centimeters dilated. Oh well, we're getting there. Congrats, man. Um, we have 53 you, hours to go. So we do this at the end of every segment. You guys can watch us on YouTube at 101 ESPN STL. If you want to go back and just rewatch all of the punishments after the show today, you can do that. The podcast page is presented by uh, Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, and our YouTube channel studio cams are brought to you by Air Alliance Team. You ready? So we're buddy? doing this at the end of every segment. We've got seven more today. After this one, I will officially. Be halfway through Almost my there. punishment. I'm exhausted. I can't believe this is only halfway. Can All I, right, you ready? Can I have a baby soon. Ready? All right, I'm going to give you a countdown. I'm going to turn it on, and then I'm going to put it up to, uh, what are we at, level four? I think yeah. three. Yeah. Okay. All right, ready? Yep. One. No. <laughs> two. To be honest. Three. Okay, should be on. Do you feel it? Not yet. I'll let you know. Okay, yeah, I can feel it. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Oh, That's four. That, the right side okay. is really good. Okay. Oh, oh, right yeah. side's an eight. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't see the clock. Are we at 10? No, we're, oh, we're at 15. 20. All right. We're at 15. <laughs> Congrats, buddy. You made it through four. Here comes five. Coming up next, BK did some deep dive into reverse oh, engineering. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we got to reverse. I'll tell you how the Cardinals can get their pitching back on track. Oh, good. Next. <laughs> We're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. T-Bone, I'm BK. You've got BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. All right, so I want to reverse engineer something. Was looking into this last night, did a bunch of research into the rotations that are currently playing in this year's postseason. Now, I included some of the injured players, the guys that aren't actually going to be a part of the rotation. So, for example, with Texas, I'm including Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer in this regard. For uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, I'm including Brandon Woodruff. And the reason why I'm doing that is because that was what these teams planned to go into the season with. And then they're adjusting on the fly accordingly, right? They, they needed the depth in their rotation to be able to get to the postseason. And now they're trying to lean on that depth to get through the postseason. So that's why I decided to go about it that way. I went through and looked at every single rotation that currently exists in the playoffs to find out how do they acquire their starters? Did they draft them? 
Did they trade for them? Did they get them an international free agency? So amateur free agency? Did they go about it uh, in international via like Japan, KBO, any of those? Did they get them via trade? What did they do to acquire their starting pitchers that are going to be starting for them this year? In the National League, Alex, let's start here. I found this to be really interesting. 18 of the pitchers that are in their team's rotations were drafted. Seven of those 18 were drafted in the first round. And the biggest team that stands out in that regard is the L.A. Dodgers. They don't just throw a bunch of money at their rotation. They did that with Kershaw because they kept him around. But other than that, man, it's basically a bunch of dudes that they drafted and developed and kept internally. The other thing that you see here, eight of them were acquired via trade, and most of them were trades where they had to give up significant pieces. So we're talking about Max Freed, who was traded in the Justin Upton deal when he was still a uh, a very low-level prospect. Uh, the Luzardo trade, where he went over to Miami. They got him in the Starling Marte deal. Sandy Alcantara, who's obviously not a part of the Marlins rotation right now, but was dealt in the Ozuna deal. So it's big headliner pieces that were dealt in trades. International free agents, there are four of them, and one that came over from the KBO, that was Merrill Kelly, who's in the Arizona Diamondbacks rotation right now. So 18 drafted, eight trade, four free agents. They've done it a little bit of every different way. My biggest takeaway from this, Alex, everybody's got something that they do well. The Marlins trade for pitchers. They're really good at finding guys that, for whatever reason, are undervalued from other teams. They scout them, and then they bring them into their system, and then they develop them the way that they want to. The Dodgers are really good at drafting pitchers high in the draft and then getting them to the big leagues and seeing them success at an incredible level. You've got to find what you're good at. And right now, the Cardinals do nothing well. (laughs) They don't trade for them. They don't sign them. They don't draft them. They don't get them via the KBO. Like, they do nothing particularly well when it comes to finding their starting pitching. They've got to find their area of expertise and then spam the hell out of it. If you think you're really good at scouting foreign markets, man, go over there this offseason and get Yamamoto and get Imanaka or get other guys that are coming over. Hell, get three of them that are coming over from international markets. If you think you're excellent at trading for starting pitchers, man, go trade for multiple this offseason. Whatever it is that you think you do well, go do it this offseason. That's what's succeeding right now in the National League. Let me ask you guys this then. What do the Cardinals do well? I don't know. Right now, nothing. Because I, I think they should get some credit on that KBO market. I know uh, the Verhagen deal too. hasn't worked out, but Suguano, Miles Michael is a fine from over KK there. KK in the first KK year. KK in the first year. So, like, I think that is where I would say, like, they're sure. not great at it, but they're that's, good at and it. And that's why I would isolate that. And as much as I love Aaron Nola, let's be honest, this Cardinals team is not good at identifying free agents. That makes been. sense. And, and you know, I, I thought. I thought the way you were going to spin this was the Cardinals need to stay away from free agency because it never works out. And I brought up John Lester's name because I'm like, well, John Lester was 31 years old when he got signed by the Cubs and was legit Cy Young for the first three years. So you can, but do the Cardinals do well enough to identify that free agent pitcher? And I don't think they do. So KBO is the first direction. And that's why Yamamoto is the guy that makes the most sense. Now I've seen reports that the Yankees are going to throw everything at him. There's a bunch of teams that are going to be going after the Cardinals need to throw everything at him because you do identify talent. Well, and the other one is the other option. You can go in that one. I'm not even going to try it because I butcher it every time. Imanaga. Imanaga. Thank you. The secondary with this is the draft. And I'm skeptical of the Cardinals in terms of drafting, but when I think of the Milwaukee Brewers, when I think of the L.A. Dodgers, when I think of the Atlanta Braves, you've nailed these ace pitchers in your organization from the draft. And you have a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity this offseason to be selecting potentially first overall or at least top five. 
And that, you need to nail this draft. You need to draft a starting pitcher that can become the ace for you. If you've got Tim Kentz, if you've got TK Roby, all of these guys are great pieces to have in your system that could be twos, threes. Draft your ace. Yep. And that's something I'm very skeptical and of that's this long-term. team. Long-term. Yeah. Long-term. That is that's what, that next is season. Answer. But you start a KBO, and then you identify how you can draft that proper talent, and then you fill in the blanks elsewhere. That's the perfect offseason. The American League is very different than the National League in this regard. The National League, you look around and you're like, man, everybody's drafting their guys. Like, is that the only way to go about this? The answer is no. In the American League, you look at the front end guys and their rotations, most of them were either traded for or signed via free agency. With Baltimore, traded for Bradish. Uh, Tampa Bay, traded for Glass now. Toronto, got uh, Gossman via free agency. Minnesota, Lopez via trade. And they also got Sonny Gray via trade as well. Houston, traded for Verlander and then signed Valdez via the international free agent market. By the way, Houston, that's what they do. They spam the hell out of the international free agent market, the amateur market. They go down there. They find their guys that they want. They get them when they're like 16 years old and And then develop develop them for the next five years. And they become studs once they get to the big league I don't trust the Cardinals on that aspect they have not done well in that regard they need to be much better uh doing that texas free agency they went out and they got avaldi they went out and they got heaney they went out and they got degrom they went out and they traded for scherzer they traded for montgomery most of the american league starting pitchers they're coming via trade they're coming via free agency that's how they're going about it so there's the old way to say right there's a million different ways to skin a cat there's a lot of different ways to create your rotation But the one common element for every single one of these teams that has made it to the postseason, they've got something, something that they can lean on where they say, we're really good at this. This is the way that we acquire our players in this specific area of our team. And we just keep doing it. We throw resources at it. We keep going at it. And we don't wait to see, hey, we've got three guys or two guys that are really good from this area. No, keep throwing resources at it, man. Houston didn't stop when they got one international free agent into their rotation. They've got four of them right now. The Texas Rangers didn't stop with one free agent pitcher. They've got four of those dudes in that rotation. Baltimore didn't stop when they got one trade for a pitcher. Now they got three of them. Same thing for Tampa Bay. Three, four dudes, actually, that were traded for in their rotation. Go find what you do well and then do it a ton this offseason. And speaking of trades, I thought you were going this way when you mentioned Lester's name. I I think the Cardinals are decent at evaluating talent in terms of what they're going to trade for. Look at what they've done in season. And and I understand that's a different conversation than it is in the offseason. But acquiring a Jose Quintana, who pitched game one of the wild card series for them, and the whole fan base wanted him back, and he ended up they ended up letting him walk to go to Can the we Mets. Can be honest about the trades, too? Other than the trade, the Randy Rosarena for Matthew Libertor trade, what's the one that you look back on and exactly. you're like, you failed. You failed spectacularly. And that's what Ozuna, I was going to mention. Definitely, but they swung big, man. I do not blame them for that deal. Hayward? I, I don't think I don't that think they, they missed, on, that, missed on that one. I don't think you missed in terms of the pieces what you traded away. You? Well, but what I mean is I think you missed on identifying the talent that was going to be I a part of your... was exactly what they needed, and it happened because of a tragic accident. But you made that core, you you made that situation. trade hoping he was going to be a core piece of your team, and he wasn't. He decided to walk. 
Man. Yeah, but I don't even think even if he was willing to stay, he would have been a core piece of your team. I, I agree because he, was, he wasn't good he enough. He wasn't the bat for you. I think Jason Hayward was a really good player that ended up the bat just never became what everybody thought it was going to be. You weren't the only one that bet, bet, on, bet big on him. There were a bunch of teams across Major League Baseball that believed he was going to be something that he ultimately was not. Yeah. I think the Cardinals are okay at trading. Yeah. I think they missed big time on one of the pitchers that they really wanted to go out there and acquire, and they messed up by missing on their evaluation of Randy Rosarena. The other deals that we always reference guys it's it's not big time players that they gave away it's really not and most of them we reference the guys that they traded away without referencing anything about what they ended up getting in return luke Voigt, man you got giovanni gallegos like that was a good deal for the and chasing shreve sure i think you make a really good point there t-bone and, and that's them I- being able to go out there and find guys that fit what they need and they're able to get the best out of them here in St. Louis more often than not. And that's what I was going to say, too, because like they've been able to identify the guys that they need. Quintana, Montgomery doing those deals at the deadline. Can they do that in the offseason? And I think they've become too scared of the Rosarina deal. And I, that's what I was going to get to. I, was, I think they scared themselves out of a lot of deals because of that, I, which I can understand to a certain extent. But as we've seen it recently, you've had success in identifying what you need. And I understand, like, the J-Hab, John Lester trades, like, those weren't, like, big, sexy names that were brought in, but they were exactly what you needed at that time, and both those deals ended up working out. So that's why, like, I, I don't have any concerns about them trading for bullpen arms because I honestly forgot about the Voight deal to get Giovanni Gallegos. I, that's why when we look at this offseason, what are the two markets they probably sh- should say this is what we should attack? It probably should be the international market in terms of going to the KBO and getting yep. guys. That's short term. And also looking for a trade, probably, because that has been where they've done a nice job. Free agency, there's no, Mo can say anything about track record. Well, his track record shows you that yeah. his free agent signings have been terrible. Stay the bleep away from free agent bullpen arms. Just and, stay the hell away from it. And can we be honest about the rotation, guys? Man, as I look across the rotations that are currently playing in the postseason, these are not made by big time free agent pitching acquisitions. Kevin Gossman got $110 million. He is the second biggest contract among these pitchers that are currently available. Now, Jacob deGrom is technically part of this, but he's obviously not a part of the Texas Rangers rotation right now because he's always hurt. Gossman and Wheeler are the only two pitchers that will be participating in this year's postseason, from what I can tell, that make more than $100 million. In fact, they're the only ones that are making more than $75 million guaranteed on their current deal. After them, it's Taiwan Walker at $72 million, which is basically what you're giving to miles michaelis it's chris bassett at 63 million dollars which is probably pretty similar to what you have to give to Sonny gray going into this offseason and then it's like nathan avaldi at 34 and john gray at four years and 56 it's the mid-tier pitchers that are ending up helping these teams via free agency I, I do think that's something to keep in the back of your mind going into this offseason. maybe you go over to the kbo you get one of those guys or you go over to japan you get one of those guys and then you get one of these mid-tier starters, kind of like a Sonny Gray, and you add in some back-end pieces, maybe via trade, and that's the way you go about this. You find the things that you do well, you attack that mid-tier free agency market the way that a lot of these other teams have successfully in free agency, and you make it work that way. Can I get on my soapbox for one moment? And then we'll get to the fun part of things? Fine. I don't know. But YouTube is ready. I know I'm ready. I know everybody is. Let's go, girls. We have had multiple texts, and I understand why people are sending this in. I really do. That say something to the effect of, guys, yesterday Trevor Bauer was cleared. The Cardinals should go out and sign him. I felt like I was missing something yesterday when I saw all of the headlines with this. Trevor Bauer was not cleared. 
he had one case that was resolved. There are three other cases that are pending, including one that is expected to go to trial at some point in 2024. While Trevor Bauer went out and did his victory lap yesterday, and I know there's going to be a bunch of people on their text line that love themselves some Trevor Bauer that will come after me because of what I'm saying here. That's fine. I'm more than happy with that. He is not a guy that the Cardinals will or should go after. He's not a guy that anybody in Major League Baseball is going to go after this offseason. What happened yesterday, Alex, we were talking about this before the show. Legitimately crazy story. Mm -hmm. And none of us know what happened in that scenario. None of us know what happened with any of these cases that are against Trevor Bauer. But when there are four cases that are stacked up against one player, yes, that is going to weigh heavily in the minds of evaluators across the league. And it should weigh heavily in the minds of evaluators across the league so no to answer the question i do not believe that the cardinals will or should acquire trevor bauer this offseason and this will be the one and only time that we will bring up his name because we're not going to be answering any more questions about him because he will not be somebody that is on the cardinals wish list going into the offseason all right let's have some fun oh, please <sighs> tell me i'm serving my punishment this week for being the worst in our pick'em challenge in the first month of the season well it's not just this week but yes this punishment my punishment is to awful. feel what it's like oh, you, to go through labor. How do you think you've handled it thus far? I, I scale of 1 to 10, 4. I'd say 4. Well, yeah, Kara, feels about right. Kara told you you're not getting a nap when you get home. But speaking of 4, that's the next level you're on. No, no, no. no. We're at 3. Four, We're at 3. Four, 1 o'clock four, hours, 4. 4. four. Uh, uh, 1 o'clock hours for 8. Don't worry, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. I'll get them. All right. Four, by the way, is the highest that the doctors recommend you go to. No, just the pamphlet, the okay. directions recommended. I didn't talk to an actual doctor. All right, here we go. Ready? You ready? All right, I'm turning it on. Okay. All right, you ready? I'll let you know when I'm Let's ready. See if I can double finger this. Three, two. The doctor on the text line told me to breathe. Yeah. Yeah, well. Ah! <laughs> You didn't listen to the doctor. You were supposed to breathe there. Why didn't you breathe, man? <laughs> Look at, listen to him breathing now. <laughs> you sound like what you sounded like trying to keep up with fake Joe Vitale in the marathon that you ran. Juncture is nice. <laughs> we're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's open it up. The junk drawer with BK and Ferrario. Brought to you by Fenton Bar and Grill. Best trashed wings in Missouri. Dine in. Carry out. Seven days a week. Juncture, Alex, what do you got for us today? All right, buddy, I'm going to give you a little bit of a breather here because I got a great story, and I brought up uh, ridiculous lawsuits in the past on the air that you guys, some have pushed back on, some you've made since. But there's one that came out yesterday uh, that I don't know how you can side with this individual. So a female is seeking $50,000 in damages for injuries sustained while, drive, while riding down a five-story water slide. And the injuries that she sustained is because she had too extreme of a wedgie after her water slide incident. I think that's fair. I think you should be able to see no, that. No, 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 God, no. I, I don't like it when my swimsuit rides up on my Well, then don't you know, go down, down a water slide. You know what's going to be great? Because of this lawsuit, they're going to have to put a sign up there that you somewhere can't. that says, 
due to extreme wedgie potential, yeah. you must go be be aware of the extreme you know, wedgie potential. And on that's this the list. part so, of the warning. junk drawer. You and I have worked together way too long. That's the part of the junk drawer that I was going to bring up. I always laugh when you see certain warning signs on things or coffee like hot. caution, coffee hot. Or have you ever seen like on a bag of chips? It says image of chips on bag does not represent size of actual potato chip. They had to put that because somebody called and complained that my potato chip is not as big as you said on the front of the bag. Yeah, and I agree with that. Too. And somebody is going to ride down a wall. Give me the damn thing. I'm going to shock right. you right now. Oh, that one. Yeah. You have way yeah, too you much power in your you hands. Open up your damn mouth I'm on that one. I'm going to agree with everything that Alex says the rest of the yeah. day. I just don't understand how you can sue a water slide, a water park, for saying you gave me too intense of a wedgie. Well, you shouldn't have been wearing the thong-like uh, swimsuit that you wore going down the slide. Fair. Somebody said on the one? text line that she apparently got internal organ damage. How <laughs> freaking big of a wedgie did you get? Hey, man, if you get internal organ damage from a wedgie, you deserve you probably yeah. couldn't get that. Well, no, you don't. No, you don't. Don't go down the water slide because that the swimsuit that you wore prior to the water slide was probably already giving you internal organ damage. And then you go down a store a slide. No way to know that. Just like the uh, the rental service that I used for my place huh. that I stayed at. In, don't put soaps down the in toilet. Nashville. <laughs> they don't know if we did or didn't put the soap down the toilet. And I still don't know if we have to pay the money. The, the lawsuit. That's nice. the lawsuit later. That, that's amazing that that's still happening. The lawsuit that still gets me to this day is one of my uh, one of my favorite comedians did it in a stand up skit. It was in Georgia. A, a woman sued a haunted house because it scared her too much. That's that seems real. I get that. Give me the damn thing. Get up on your get, okay, get up can, get up can, on the hold seat. On. Can, can we can we agree that no. I was just kidding? No, you need to nope. apologize. <laughs> level four, level four. Someone said, "Alex, I love a front wedgie." That, that's just a banana hammock. All right, you're gonna get level six for that uh, tone that you used on me. Funny is, every time I see us get ready to do this, I can see Ryder stop what he's doing. And, <laughs> Don't blame me. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still surprised more people have not like walked by and stopped to All see right. what we were doing. We've got five more to go today. Woo-hoo! Well, four more after this, buddy. Yeah. We got right. five more of these, so uh, I'm being punished. If you're tuning in right now on YouTube, hello, my name is Brandon Kylie. I went to college for this. I'm still paying back student loans for this specific reason. Um, I started back up this month, in fact. Hi, so, I'm Brandon Kylie. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> I uh, I suck at making picks, and therefore I'm on YouTube right now. 101 ESPN STL is where you can go to find us. The uh, the cams are presented by Air Alliance team. And I am using this machine that Alex is holding right now to feel what it is like to go through contractions during labor, uh, during childbirth. Somebody believes you're just acting through all of these and I it's not actually hurting. I promise you, I couldn't act this well. Um, so, no, that is not actually. All right, my true. man. You ready? Okay, hold on. Get your let clock me, ready. Let me get my clock ready. Clock ready. Yeah. Okay, are you ready, Alex? I I've got my ready when clock you are. ready. I'm ready. Wow. Every single time I do this, it's just so exhausting. <laughs> what do you think uh, your wife went through, man? Remember to breathe this time, okay? Try not to scream this for and breathe. Three days. Try not to scream and breathe. All right, here we go. Right. Three, two, one. What's happening? I'll let you know when it hits. Don't go too high, buddy. Okay. Right. Um, uh, you should be feeling it right now. Oh, hold on. I'm getting a beeping noise. What's that mean? Uh oh, we broke it, Alex. Yeah, don't buddy. Screw this up, buddy. Hold, oh, <laughs> I got it set at zero. <laughs> don't do too high. Hold on. Uh oh, I think we might have broke the machine. Did you? I think so. Oh we need no. To break? Um, yeah, we'll just have to do two in the next segment. I think we might have broke the machine. We can do one on YouTube after or Facebook Live after the show. 
Okay. We need to. Yeah. We Send it to break. We're going to skip this one. We'll get the other one in. I promise we might have broken the machine. I want it to be known. I didn't do this. What's the ceiling for the Blues top two centers? We'll talk about it next year on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. And T-Bone on BK. You've got BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. We think we, got we have yeah. the machine fixed. BK so didn't want to leave segment, it on. We'll go ahead and get back to what we were doing. And I think though what we've decided is the last segment of the show today, it, it won't be 12, but we'll do a 20-second uh, burst at the It'll end of 12. the show today. It's just going longer. So that way we, uh, we get the full allotment of time that I was supposed to have. This will be like right before pushed. the baby's coming out. Where exactly. You got like the, the long push. push. This might be where you soil yourself. So, so that'll that'll be the final segment of Can't the show wait. today. Tell your friends. Tell your tell family. Everybody. Tell everybody. YouTube.com slash 101 ESPN STL. You can check us out on the Air Alliance Team Studio Cams. All right, Alex. So let's talk a little bit more about the Blues. Let's do it. What's the ceiling for the top two centers on this team? Because I was reading over on The Athletic, and they put together their rankings of each team's top two centers, and they had the Blues in an area that when I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Actually, that makes sense. They have the Blues at the below average ranking. Teams that are similar to them were the Detroit Red Wings, San Jose Sharks, the Minnesota Wild, Seattle Kraken, and the Winnipeg Jets. I think that feels right with Braden Chin and Robert Thomas. For context, one of the duos that they have in front of them is Dylan Larkin and Andrew Kopp. Feels kind of right to me in being somewhere in that range. But I do think by the end of the season that like some of these teams will likely fall back. Like they're more likely to fall back in the rankings than they are to fall, to go up because they're older. For example, I think the Blues are more likely to jump in the rankings than they are to fall down in the rankings. What do you think is their ceiling though? Where can they get in a list like this? I would say the ceiling is average. And I forgot who who were those players in that realm, but one of the duos that you mentioned, I said that's exactly who they can be. I think it was with the New York Islanders. No, with the New York Islanders, it was Bull Horvat and Nelson. Because I think Robert Thomas is as good, if not better, than Bull Horvat in terms of who he potentially is. Bull Horvat's a really good center who can score goals. Robert Thomas is a passer, and I think Robert Thomas is a hundred point player. But you got to get to that level, and I believe Braden Shen is better than Nelson uh, with the New York Islanders. Last year was just not good for for Braden Chen. Now, point-wise, it was, but defensively, it was not. Two-way centerman, you've got to be who you were in the 2021-2022 season. That, to me, you're only taking a slight step up, but that slight step up puts you into the average conversation among the NHL, but the only way you're doing that is if Robert Thomas is a 100-point player. That's the only way you're going to get there because, to me, they're spot-on with this. I think Braden Chen is a perfectly adequate second center you're going to get 60 to 70 points with him and you're going to get somebody who's there for you almost every single night it all comes down to that top line center and that's where robert thomas sorry i'm uh, dealing with some allergies there and uh, it sounded a little emotional i apologize robert thomas has got to get to that 100 point threshold you've got to be the number one center i've got a different team that i would point to curious where you would come out on this i think the team that i would point to is carolina same area Oh, yeah. same range of what kind of ceiling you have, but between Sebastian Ajo and uh, attempts to pronounce this, Alex, Kotkaniemi, Kokniemi, Kokniemi, sure, whatever, whatever his name is, <laughs> Jesper, uh, Jesper, Jesperi, 
Um, I think that's where the ceiling is. You look at what Yasperi was last year, 45-point player. Now, he's very young. He's still mm-hmm. got some upside. He he's could a, be a really good defensive centerman. He could be a 20-goal scorer. I think that's Kevin Hayes is what you're potentially looking at. Yep. And I think that's also part of what's tied into the blue ceiling with their top two centers is I think your hope is by the end of the year, it's actually Robert Thomas and Kevin Hayes that are your top two centermen. And Braden Shin kind of slots in as that third line center that fills the role of being an identity player for you. This is no shot at Braden Shin. He's my favorite player on the team. I think he's more than deserving of being the the, the captain of this squad. But if he's your second best center, you're probably this is where you're going to slot in is you're going to be kind of a below average team in that regard. If Kevin Hayes reaches the ceiling of what he was in the first 55 games of last year, that adds a big offensive punch that you didn't have from that spot a year ago. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. And I've said it before. I think Kevin Hayes is going to be so much better than people are giving him credit for. And I, I do believe, frankly, when he was acquired, I thought that. Kevin Hayes was going to be viewed as the second line center and Braden Shen moves down to the third, but Braden Shen for how long he's been here. And obviously now that you're wearing the captain, people are going to go to him as that second center. It doesn't matter either. They're interchangeable with the way that they play. But Kevin Hayes to me is a guy who could put up 20 goals for you. He's a guy that could have plenty of assists. If Verona is going to be this type of player, here's, here's where it gets interesting. If you go beyond just ranking the top two centermen on teams, if you go just center depth of the four lines, I'd have the Blues in the upper tier with some of these other teams. Now, you're not going to be with McDavid and Dreisaitl because those guys are elite, but let's just take um, the Colorado Avalanche, for example. Nathan McKinnon, elite player. You've got Ross Colton, our guy. You've got now um, the player from... Why am I blanking on his name from Nashville? Oh, Ryan Johansson is your third line center, and we're talking Andrew Cogliano as the bottom line center. That's better than what you have. I, I would put it close... But you've got to have Robert Thomas at his best because yeah, that's, that's better than what you. I, I mean, I, I think Kevin Hayes could put up numbers that Ross Colton puts up. And I believe that Braden Shen could put up numbers that Ryan Johansson puts up. And I would lean more Oscar Sundquist than Andrew Cogliano. It all comes down to that top line. It's just hard for me to say that like Nathan McKinnon is. Well, not. that's and that's where it's at. Robert, like, you I'm don't get a Nathan McKinnon and I'm saying to myself, yeah, Robert Thomas of becoming course. that. But, but you all, as much as that's true, you're going to use four lines in Colorado in a tight game goes down to two lines. The Blues are using four I don't lines. Know if that's going to be the case for them this year, man. I, I do. I really I think, think that they're deeper this year going into the season than they were going into oh, Colorado the last two years. Yeah, I, I think I don't think they're a star reliance going into this year as they have been in previous years. That I, doesn't mean that they they won't be by the end of the season. Maybe they get some injuries and that happens. But I, I think still they're, think they're less than what they were the year that they won the cup. Because you going had, into the year, though, because I'm talking about at this point in the season, that year that they won the cup, they traded for their third and fourth lines at the deadline, basically. Yeah. Most of those guys came in at the deadline and they acquired them then. They were just full in the top six. I, this year, I think the top six has taken a little bit of a step back. I'm excited for two of those centermen with Colorado. Are better. I, I, I'm excited for Gross Colton and Nathan McKinnon. I don't buy into Ryan Johansson. I think Ryan Johansson is kind of a shell of himself right now than what he was when he was at his peak with Nashville. And Andrew Cogliano, I would lean towards Oscar Sundquist. But all of this conversation falls back to Robert Thomas. If you don't become that top centerman, you're not going to get to that level. And that's what the Blues desperately need this season. Man, time flies when you're having fun. I know. Three one discussion. Dude, I'm trying to podcast over here. It's hilarious hearing all the screams. Podcast? And- <laughs> Did you, Three, are one, you clipping four. them together for like the end of the show segment? So I just push this over. Yeah. And then yeah, be careful. You're gonna <laughs> shock yourself. Three one four three nine 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 six four six is the air comfort service text line.
to get involved in the show. Uh, I thought our boss Tommy was going to be in there watching, but our boss Ryan Ryder's in there watching, so he's busy. He's overseeing it all. You guys want to get he's a, busy get until something we do in this. for Better to Forget It? You can get that in right now on the Your Comfort Service text line. Better to Forget It. You can it. also watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash 101 ESPN. Over there, you can see our studio cams that are powered by Air Alliance team. I got one for everybody. Better to Forget It. BK complains to all of us tomorrow about how much pain he's in. Oh, bet it. it. Bet it. <laughs> that's, that's the easiest bet you've ever made. That is way easier than fading my picks, which is an easy thing to do. All right, buddy. Tell me when you're ready. We're about to go to number three. All right. Hopefully. <clears throat> Hopefully. Here yeah. we go. Oh, God. Yeah, I can okay. already feel that one going. Yeah, working. It's working. <laughs> it's working. working. It's working. <laughs> breathe. 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 Oh, breathe. <laughs> Good job, buddy. You made it. That's another contraction down. That's <laughs> three to go. <laughs> I've never heard you scream that loud before. <laughs> it's working. It's working. Uh, what do we got coming up next? Oh, we Better said forget it. it. Coming up next. Woo. We're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Vegas sets them up and we're here to make the call. It's PK and Ferrario's bet it or forget it on 101 ESPN. One four three nine 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 six four six is the air comfort service sex line for bet it or forget it guys better to forget it one of the players that is starting tomorrow will be a cardinal by the start of next season some of the players that are currently announced to be starting tomorrow so zach so gray or Nola. jose barrias <laughs> sonny gray zach gallon braxton garrett and aaron Nola. i'll bet it um zach gallon will be a cardinal after this season I'll bet this one. I think all of the options, Nola and Gray, are going to be the two that make the most sense. And the reports are that that's who the Cardinals are pursuing. So I'm going to say bet it. I think I'll bet it because I think they'll get one of, if not both, Gray and Nola. I, Gray would probably be the one I would circle first. But I, can I think Gray's going to be a Cardinal. And I, I think it'll be a really good too. signing if they end up going that route, by the way. Man, if you could get, Yamamoto, if you could get Yamamoto and Gray, oh, what an offseason. I will be pumped. Um, I'm going to add one more thing. Don't sleep on Braxton Garrett. That would be a really interesting way for the Cardinals to go about it this offseason. Um, he is a underrated pitcher for the Miami Marlins. Had a 3.6 ERA this year. Does have some legit strikeout stuff as well. Braxton Garrett would be a, a really compelling potential candidate for the Cardinals to go out there and acquire. Basically strikes out a batter per inning. Still a young player. Under club control. 26 years old. Lefty. That, that feels very Cardinals-y to me. And it's not Lazardo, so he's not at the top end of their um, trade charts. I could see the Cardinals going about it, something like that. Maybe yeah. you end up trading like an, a Tommy Edmond in a deal like that. So that's going to lead to my question. I was going to say, bet it or forget it. We will see one of the Cardinals' left-handed bats traded this offseason. So that's Newpark, Gorman, Burleson, I'm going to bet Donovan. this one. I, I like four that them, I would put in there. I could see them trading like Edmond and Burleson in a deal for Braxton Garrett. Something like I that. think it's going to be one of them, whether it's to get the starting pitcher, whether that's Gorman for like a Logan Gilbert, that train I still live on, or one or two of those left-handed bats for bullpen arms. So I'm going to bet this one. I do think you're going to see one of those guys moved. I would bet it because it, Burleson feels like the guy I could see them moving. And Miami, if it is Miami and it is Braxton Garrett as the trade target, I mean, he makes all the sense in the world for them because their first baseman going into playoffs is what? Either Jake Berger or... Uh, 
Josh Bell. Yep. So, like, they could use someone that could be there kind of long term. And I think Burleson would be that guy. Yeah, I, I think Braxton Garrett is a really interesting player. It, he's pre-armed next year. Like, this guy hasn't even made a draw. You'd have five years of club control over him. A, and you think he's going to get moved? I don't know. But they, they need offense. And they've got so much pitching coming back next year with a lot of guys coming back from injury. Like, whether it's him or Edward Cabrera. I, I think they're going to have to move. I think they're more more likely to do what we're talking about with the Mar- Mariners than the Mariners are. Like they they are more likely to move some of their pitching for hitting because they're more desperate for the hitting. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong though. This guy's not a one or a two. This no, is one of those be, fringe guys yeah, that you're bringing you in go to compete. Out of like you ch- you sign Sonny Gray, you add Yamamoto via the international market and then you trade for Braxton yeah. Garrett okay. and then now you've got your yeah. one, two, three and I think in this scenario Michaelis is probably your number four starter going into next year. I, I love that. And and, I think that's perfect for the Cardinals. And this guy's f- basically free money-wise. Like you're sliding him in for a million bucks. By the way, somebody said of course you'd like Yamamoto and Gray because that's a subpar offseason. How is that? What is a better offseason than that? Dude, this is what I'm like. Like you're not getting Snell and Yamamoto. I can already feel it. I'm going to be so frustrated oh, yeah. this offseason by what Cardinals fans are hoping not even all of them. This is unfair. I, I painted with too broad of a brush by what some of our texters will qualify as a successful offseason. I don't know if there's anything the Cardinals can do reasonably that will satisfy fans this offseason. Yeah. Because Aaron Nola is not that guy for a lot of fans, and I understand that. Sonny Gray doesn't have the name recognition that fans want. You're even not though getting he's got, Snell. He's got a sub 3-5 ERA over the last five years. That seems pretty good to me. I, I just don't know who they could go out and acquire. Like son, Blake Snell comes with a five and dive mantra, and that's certainly not going to play with a lot of our audience here. I mean, Yamamoto is, is who people have been clamoring for yeah. since his name popped up into the rumor mill, and now that's a subpar offseason. I'm with you. I think we're going to be very frustrated at the reaction of what this offseason is if the Cardinals are aggressive with I mean, it. If I told you the Cardinals next year have a guy that is 26 years old in their rotation with a 3.66 ERA, they basically have added what they thought Matthew Liberatore could be, but they did so on the cheap. Yeah. That's what Braxton Garrett has the potential to be. He just did that this year for the Marlins. So um, I think it would be a really good move, and it's a move that doesn't require you to trade Nolan Gorman or Lars Newpar, and that is that is what really appeals to me. Alex, what do you got? Uh, bet it or forget it. Let's take injuries out of this conversation. Bet it or forget it. We'll see Malcolm Subban at some point in the NHL this season for the Blues. Bet it. I think you'll see him at some point. There will be some kind of an injury where you place one of your goalies on. But take injury out of this. Oh. Like performance-based, Malcolm Subban gets an opportunity. Oh, I'm going to forget that. I think it'll be... It'll be require. It'll be requiring an injury. Uh, look, I, I, I might actually bet this one. I'm very curious at what their thought process is here. Like, I know that Joel Hofer was slotted in in that spot. I mean, Joel Hofer, he hasn't looked overwhelmingly great to me, at least in the couple of preseason games we've seen. Malcolm Subban has been awesome, and Malcolm Subban will have to deal with waivers. I wonder if Malcolm Subban plays the entire game on Thursday night against Dallas, and if he performs well. I mean, Joel Hofer doesn't have waivers. Now that's a, I mean, that is a bold situation that they would do because Joel Hofer doesn't really need to do anything else in the minors. But man, if Malcolm Subban performs this well, do you risk losing him on waivers? Yeah, I would forget this because I think they're still going to go with Hofer and backing up Bennington. But I do wonder if they lose Subban when he gets placed on waivers to go down to the minor leagues. And I don't think they would send Hofer down because I think they want him up here getting NHL experience and backing up Jordan Bennington. But 
Tampa Bay hasn't made a move that I've seen yet for a goalkeeper now that Vasilevsky's out. And they don't have Brian Elliott anymore. I can't remember the name of their starter right now. They could use someone that's got some NHL experience. And if Subban goes down and has, and he does have to go through waivers, if I'm not mistaken, I can see where Tampa Bay could potentially put a claim in on him. They so, tried to get the dude that Columbus claimed, and they missed yeah. out because Columbus was ahead of them. I think there's a chance that they are a team that could steal Subban from the underneath the Blues if they try to send him through waivers. 314-399-646 is the air comfort service text line. Guys, Yamamoto would be fine, in my opinion, but Sonny Gray can't win in the postseason. Where's what, this coming from? What is this? Well, isn't this what Randy said? Randy said he was a choke artist. Oh, okay. He had one bad game with the Yankees in the postseason. His bad game was 3.1 innings with three earned runs. I'll take that over some of the he Cardinals has a bad games. 2.95 ERA in the postseason, guys. His problem is his teams haven't made it. I was going to say, look at the teams he's been on. And I I know what's coming next. Well, clearly, BK, that's because he's not a good starting pitcher. Man, Mike Trout hasn't made the postseason since 2014. Shohei Otani hasn't either. Exactly. He never made the play- playoffs. Why you guys would you, not want him? Why would you sign Shohei Otani? He's never been in the playoffs. He can't perform. Like, come on, man. The guy has 2.8 ERA this year. Uh, he had a 3.1 ERA the year before that. And th- four years ago, he had a 3.7. Before that, 2.9. And guess what? If you want to make the postseason, you're going to have to have decent regular season numbers. And look at his regular season numbers. Yeah, he's done it in, I mean, you just read off those numbers. One of those years, I think you read off was Cincinnati. Cincinnati. If he can pitch there, he can pitch anywhere. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Sonny Gray every it's, day of the week over some like, of these other flat guys. Out false. It's not accurate. Um, so I, I don't know where that's coming from specifically. I I'm sure that it's not just Randy that's saying that, but well, look um, at the name recognition too, though. Like people don't want Sonny Gray because they want Shohei Otani. They want the shiny new toy. The problem is guys, Shohei's not pitching next year. Also, we got to remember this, like it's different because of the ages, but Zach Wheeler wasn't Zach Wheeler before the Philly signed him. He became Zach Wheeler with the Phillies. And I'm not telling you that Sonny Gray is going to become that, but you, you could end up with a legit number two starter if you go out there and sign Sonny Gray. And I know that there's been some questions about like, hey, does it fade down the stretch? This year on 11 starts in August and September, he has a 2.0 ERA. He's allowed 15 earned runs in the last two months of the season. That's over 11 starts. Here's his team ERA. It's been great, a man. 3.4 ERA with Oakland, 3.4 ERA with Cincinnati, 2.9 with Minnesota. His bad years were when he was 27 and 28 with the New York Yankees, and that was a 4.5. Like, he got better after the Yankees while he got older. He's basically had one bad season since 2016. He's a really good starting pitcher, and I think people remember him from that year with the Yankees where things didn't go well, and he's talked about it since, how things just went awry. They've got a very stern, like stringent way that they go about things in New York. He tried to bend himself to do what they wanted to do instead of being true to himself, and since then he said, I'm doing it my way. I'm, I'm going to go out there and be the pitcher that I need to be, and he's been fantastic How's ever that since. Yankees pitching model looking? Yeah, exactly. seriously. Just don't play in New York if you want to be a pitcher. We got somebody that said he's uh, constantly injured. He's never injured. I was going to say, isn't he like 200 innings consistently every season? 25, 25, 11 starts during the pandemic season, 31, uh, 30, 27. That's what he started in terms of the last seven years of his major league career. He's gone at least 135 innings every single one of those years. We should put together a recorded PSA so that people stop talking ill of Sonny Gray. That just airs all offseason. <laughs> like, who are these guys that you're going out there and acquiring this offseason other than Aaron Nola? Throwing 180 plus I want Shohei Otani! Yeah, he doesn't give you that either. So, um, he doesn't give you anything. He doesn't have an arm. So, <laughs> But he can hit.
a great post. And the Cardinals ever. need we have hitting. Unclutch players. All right, go go look at them, sir, ma'am, whatever, whoever you, you know are. What? Go go look at Sonny Gray's postseason numbers. You let me know what you see. The two point nine five ERA looks pretty good to me. All right, your tone is getting aggressive, and now we're going to have to do this. Just I just don't understand. Like, what what are we doing here? I'm telling you, we need we need a PSA with like Sarah McLaughlin's voice underneath, and be like, let's stop talking all about Sonny Gray. Just. If you want to say that Sonny Gray is not your cup of tea, you don't like him for whatever reason, that's fine. If you think that he's too old, that's cool. Fine by me. But I love how he's trying to like rationalize this while he's getting set up to get shocked. Well, fine by me. Don't always get my me. legs up here. I don't care. Don't be out here spouting nonsense that's just factually inaccurate. Speaking of nonsense, BK's picks are coming this Friday, and you could follow or fade them if you'd like. So uh, if you go over to YouTube, youtube.com slash 101 ESPN STL, mistakes were made. I I picked bad (laughs) football teams to win football games, and they didn't do that. Um, You can watch me get punished right now uh, via this little machine that we have that is simulating contractions during childbirth. Uh, we've been doing this all day today at the end of every segment. We've got three more remaining the rest of the show today. So check that out over on YouTube. Uh, the studio cams are powered by Air Alliance Team. And make sure you go listen to it on the podcast page and hear BK scream audibly, making your ringtone moving forward. Uh, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center with our uh, podcast page. All right, buddy. You ready? I <clears> know. <throat> here we go. I know. <laughs> I keep asking not. you that. It doesn't make sense. All Remember, right. don't kick me here. All right. Here we go. Three, two. Potter up. Oh, uh, we're beeping again. Okay, hold on. We're going to turn her off. Go to zero. I know. <laughs> Adjust your... Yeah, I was going to say, pot them, push them on, make sure they're push tight. Push your pads on tight. They're, I, they're on all the way. There's hey, nothing... There's no need to get on. angry with us, buddy. Yeah, you're going to make it move up a level. No. Oh, okay, that's on. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. We're on four. Oh, that's a hard one. That was only three. That was only three. (laughs) 20 seconds is going to be rough for you, my man. But guess what? We're going to talk about the Cardinals players and coaches. They're saying the right things for this offseason. The front office is going to back it up. We'll dive into that once BK catches his breath next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the BK and Ferrario podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. and T-Bone. I'm BK. You've got BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. There's a lot of things that can be fixed. That's what Wilson Contreras said the other day to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He continued, hopefully this offseason, the front office or whoever is in charge of that will make this team better for next year because this team is known for winning. The season was bad and we all know that we need some fixing. I'm just saying that because that's the way that it is. I mean, We were in last place. Some of the details need to be fixed. Some of the issues need to be fixed. And are they going to be fixed? That's something that's out of my control. But I can say it, and I know that the people in the front office know what's right and what's wrong with the team. Hopefully, they'll do something to fix those problems, end quote. That's all from Wilson Contreras via the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Alex, when you combine that quote with what we heard yesterday from Ollie Marmol, who said basically, hey, this is unacceptable and we have to get it fixed and the mindset needs to be championship or bust going into next season. The players and the coaches are saying everything that you would want to hear. And now it's on the front office. 
And it comes down to whether or not they have the urgency that is necessary to go out there and win bidding wars, because that's what it's going to be, whether it's via trade, winning a bidding war for one of the pitchers that you're looking for via free agency, winning a literal bidding war, an auction in that regard, or going out into free agency and international markets. You got to win that way as well. You've got to find a way to find it within you, the internal fortitude to go out there and say, you know what? This sucks. We're having to pay $7 million a year more than what we were really wanting to here. But we have to do it because this is the only way that we can make our team into a legitimate contender again in 2024. Yeah, and I I personally love that Wilson Contreras is saying that. I I love the fact that there are multiple entities coming out of that Cardinals clubhouse that are basically stating this team can't be this bad. And to do that, they have to fix the issues. Ali has talked about wanting to make sure we have a roster that wants to win a championship. Contreras says this. Let's not forget about Nolan Arenado, who said this last offseason or last trade deadline that we need improvements to this team. Ali's clamored for swing and miss stuff that this team doesn't have. The writing's on the wall, and as much as we want to be critical about Ali Marmal and he's not the manager that can take this team to a World Series, or you don't have the actual studs to win, the fingers should be pointed at the front office moving forward. And I know a lot of people do that, but it's it's put in front of you what this offseason has to acquire. It has to acquire you moving on from certain pieces that you've been relying on that haven't lived up to those expectations. It's trading for pieces that you do not have, swing and miss stuff and top-level rotation pieces, and fixing an entire bullpen that has had issues. All of those things are right in front of this Cardinals team, and if Mo doesn't fix those, if the excuses is, well, we couldn't get guys to agree to come here, or there were too much, it was a puke point for us that we just couldn't afford to pay, those are all excuses, and you're going to be doing the same thing next year. Somebody on the text line said, guys, let's be honest. It's not just the front office. The ownership also has to, also has to sign off on winning these bidding wars. In fact, I would say it's it's not really the front office. It's literally the ownership group. Yeah. I, I think there have been times in the past where the front office would like to do something. I think it's as recently as last year. And ownership said, is that really necessary? Like, Are we really going to go out there and pay that amount of money for that pitcher And ultimately, they decided to pull back a little bit. They decided to restrain themselves willingly. This offseason, they've got to be willing to just kind of throw caution at the wind and see what it ends up bringing to them. they, They made an aggressive move, and it's why I'm not as critical about this move as a lot are, to go out there and acquire Marcelo Zuna. They didn't have the middle of the order bat. They needed it, and they needed it immediately. And so they went out there and they tried to solve that problem by acquiring a guy that projected to be a consistent 30 home run hitter, 100 plus RBIs every year as a cleanup hitter. Marcelo Zuna failed here. It didn't work out. He was injured. The bat didn't play the way that a lot of people wanted it to. And let's be honest, the pieces around him weren't good enough for his bat to play the way that you wanted it to here. And what you traded away was two future Cy Young candidates. The deal failed spectacularly, but it was aggressive. And that's the kind of move that you're going to have to make this offseason. It very well may fail again. You might end up trading two guys that end up going on and being all-stars somewhere else. So be it, man. That's the kind of thing that you've got to be willing to do going into this offseason. Yeah, going to have to be aggressive. And and I do like the fact that you're starting to see a lot of pushing from all directions. Contreras pushing now on the front office. I A lot of people say, and I'm glad you brought up Ollie's name, Alex. A lot of people push back, will say, and, oh, Ollie's just a puppet of the front office. Ali's been saying, even last year when they were winning, hey, we need more swing and miss. It, he said he'd been saying that when they had a winning club. And now he's saying it again while they've had a losing club. What is the key, especially now that the shift has been banned? We've got to miss bats. And that is something that they're going to have to be not just aggressive in pursuing pitching. They're going to have to be aggressive in pursuing 
uh, uh, pitchers that miss bats. And not only just pursuing that for this year, they've got to change their whole organization model in terms of pitching. And that is going to be something that is going to be even tough, a tougher task than the one they're about to pursue this offseason and trying to find guys that can help the current major league yep. team. So they're getting under pressure the front offices and ownership. I, I agree with you. It is yeah. both. Mo can it, only do what the money's in exactly. front of them with. And that's why it's going to be a crucial offseason for them this coming year. Man, I can't even <laughs> finish my thought seriously with him just casually moving up. It's a legacy-defining offseason is what yeah. this is. And, and it, I think it's, to your point on, you've got to be willing to be risky. I mean, if this goes wrong, they could be set back for absolutely. three to five years. Absolutely. It, and that's, it'll, it'll also be the last thing that you remember of the John Mosellock tenure. Now yeah. think about that. Think about that kind of pressure that that's putting on both John Mosellock and the Bill DeWitt ownership group we, of whatever happens this offseason, it will define the next three to five years of Cardinals baseball, which means that is the lasting impact of Moe's tenure here in St. Louis, which should be remembered fondly. I genuinely believe that. I know Cardinals fans hate him right now because this season went horribly. And the last five years for Cardinal standards have been a failure because they have yet to reach a, a World Series. They haven't done that in a decade. However, the majority of this tenure has been a success by John Mose Lockyer in St. Louis. It will not be remembered as such if they're not able to get this thing back on track. That is what is at stake going into this. Yeah, this is the most heat he has ever felt on his seat in his entire career in St. Louis. And frankly, it should be that way. He recognizes it. Ollie recognizes it. DeWitts recognize it. But you got to back it up this offseason. Hand it over, buddy. Hey, you're more. almost there. Yeah, I was going to say, there. you've got 30 more seconds of this. Not now, 10 seconds, and then you. Oh, no, boy, the 20 seconds is a very. Can everybody see me on YouTube? All right. Yes, sir. All right. All right. 101 ESPN STL is where you find us on YouTube. Oh, I thought you already turned it on, and I just started, like, cranking it. If <laughs> like, you oh. aren't sure what's going on, why I'm sitting here instead of standing the way that I normally am on YouTube. Um, I'm being punished for my football picks this week. This is the uh, contraction contraption that simulates the contractions. Um, that I would be feeling if I was going through labor. Uh, it has been absolutely exhausting. Yeah, my, it has. my body is sore. I am tired. I'm ready to go home and take a nap. Well, my wife it. told me that it's not allowed. You so. are experiencing the beauty of life right yeah. now. Yeah, something like that. It's All right. only like a minute of it. Yeah, 10 seconds. You I'm ready really, to go? I'm ready when you are, buddy. We're going to crank this up a little bit more. No. What do you mean, no? We're going to four. Yeah, level four. We're at level four. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stop looking at me. I'm going to turn this on. Ready? All right, whenever you're ready. Left I'm is going to hit first, then first, then the right's going to hit. Oh, fun. Here we go. Oh! Oh! Okay, okay, okay. What do you mean? Oh! 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 We're right back to the PK and Ferrario podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's run it back with a daily rewind on BK and Ferrario. Brought to you by Stewart's American Mortgage. Google the bagel loan featuring zero fees and zero closing costs. Alongside Alex and T-Bone, I'm BK. You've got BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. Hey, coming up on Thursday. 
We've got a live military appreciation broadcast from 2 to 6 o'clock. It'll be the fast lane. They're going to be out there at the exchange at Scott Air Force Base. So if you're a service member, your fa- their family, or anybody currently on base, the exchange at Scott Air Force Base is the place to be Thursday from 2 to 6 o'clock. It's all brought to you by Budweiser and Air Comfort Seating, Air Comfort Service Heating and Cooling. Sorry, I apologize. Words are starting to mesh together on we him. Broke There's him. a lot going on. We broke BK. If you missed anything from today's show i i would honestly just oh, yeah. rewatch it on youtube today Please, it's um, the even podcast better. is brought to you by dobbs hire and auto centers 101 espn.com and the free 101 espn app is also where you can go to find it <clears throat> how would you guys rate today's show uh, this oh, is the best one we've yeah, ever done we've been together now for what three years two mm-hmm. years this is the best show we've ever put together yeah. Yeah, i'm gonna disagree I oh like i think it's great many that have been better i i think the punishments we came up with as t-bone would say <laughs> chef's kiss yeah. 20 more seconds, buddy, and then you're done. Hey, just think, man. You're about to complete the circle of life. Come on, buddy. YouTube can't hear this, but this is great. Like, you just had a essentially. Yeah. This is what this is. Look, we'll, we'll play this nice little flute solo for you. Have oh, you yeah. assessed how awful you are at picks? Oh, Okay. Like, have you like? We knew that. Have you made changes with your life on those picks? Okay. I'm attempting to. Cool. You should probably work a little harder because we start on Friday. (laughs) All right, buddy. You ready? Before we get to that, yeah. Let's get to our picks for the playoffs. Blue Jays versus uh, Twins. Who you got? A Blue Jays. I'm going Twins. I'm going to go Blue Jays. That's the one that I have the the least confidence in. Twin or uh, Texas Rangers versus Tampa Bay Rays. Who you got? Rangers. Yeah, I'm going to say Rangers, but I feel like that's Ooh, a raise. I feel like that's going to be a raise series win. I've got the raise in this one. Diamondbacks versus Brewers. Diamondbacks. I'm going Diamondbacks. I've got Diamondbacks I, I, as well. Phillies hit. versus Marlins. We've got Philly in this one. So Philly versus Atlanta. Who you got? Atlanta. I'm going to go Atlanta too. I'm going Philly. LA Dodgers versus the Diamondbacks. Who you got? Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks as well. The uh, Twins slash Blue Jays versus Astros. Well, got Houston. Astros. Yeah, I'm gonna go Houston. Houston advancing. And I then wish it would be Blue Jays though. Orioles versus Texas slash Tampa. Who you got? I'm gonna say I'm Orioles. Gonna say Orioles. Too. I don't think Texas is gonna have the pitching to get through that I think series. People are sleeping on Baltimore a little bit. I've got Baltimore making it to the World Series this year, and I've got them playing against the uh, the Phillies. Yeah, I've got Houston taking on Atlanta. Yep, and I think I've got Houston winning, and I've again. got Atlanta winning. All right, pop up, big boy. Man, I'm so proud of you. Like, what I told my wife is, I've never loved you more. Now, she had Your a wife? baby. Yeah, I told my wife I that. talking about me. No, no, I'm telling you that, too. Like, I've never loved you more. Well, that's great, she man. had that's a baby. real bonding. Then. But I do feel like this just built our relationship that much more. But we still have 20 straight seconds of this, and this is going to be great. All right. I'm not excited. You got your clock ready? Make sure I can see it, because I just don't know, and then I'll just keep going. All right, here we go. The final one of the show. <clears throat> We're going. Which side are we going on? Uh, left oh, first. Oh, yep, I found it. <laughs> left first. Now your right one should be oh, hitting. Okay, here we go. He's only three seconds in. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> he's got ten left. He's we got ten seconds left. Everything you got. Everything you got. Everything you got. Everything you got. Five, four, three, two, one. Is it, is it coming through? I don't think so. Hold on. 
Hold on. <laughs> Buddy, what are you doing? Should be coming through. All right. Well, I got it on. What are we doing here? Uh, it's on, so you should be feeling. Ah! <laughs> You've been listening to the BK and Ferrario podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.